Betting on Super Bowl prop bets, the Gatorade was blue. They went blue Gatorade. Oh, so I won that one. That's good. I joined a Super Bowl pool. I, I lost. Jesse, I didn't. Jesse, uh, Jesse did a bunch. You were up twenty one dollars, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, <laughs> that was that was overall like in terms of what came in, what came out. It ended up being uh, up twenty one to end the night. Damn, but, which isn't just an ideal, but like anytime you're fifty one percent is all you're shooting for every time. That's there you sweet. go. That's if you're fifty one percent, you're winning. What percent were you? <laughs> How much did you bet? That's that's to be discussed on a different podcast. Mm. Oh, is there <laughs> another podcast? Uh, no, doing another podcast. I was like, wait, what? Um, I I had a I had five I had parlayed three different prop bets together. I had. Um, what I have, I had sacks on under three and a half and then I had, no, yeah. Sacks on over, it was over two and a half. I think it was sacks. doesn't matter. I had Mike Evans under four and a half catches and I had uh, another one that also hit the, I think the game total underscore. So all three of those hit for a nice parlay. That was like 4.3, uh, on like 25 bucks is like $111, which isn't too bad. And then you lose a couple. And then I was in a props pool with a couple of my friends and then ended up not winning that one. So that was 40 bucks out, but like you finished $21 up, which is good. Mm. Well, <laughs> I want to shout out the kid. I don't know, understand what any of that meant, but I do want to shout out. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I want to shout out the kid who, uh, who was working at his community college in Tampa and sat outside Raymond James stadium. He was able to time how long it took the national anthem to do. And he actually put it up on, uh, on Twitter before the real national anthem. So he, he listened oh. to the recording, taped it, put it on. And this guy's at a community college. And to me, that's good reporting. Like yeah. good for him. Really he, cool. He screwed it up for a lot of the sports books though. Like I, I saw that video on Twitter and in, in my props pool with a bunch of my buddies, uh, one of the props was Anthem over under two minutes. And I saw the rehearsal and I was like, the rehearsal was at like two 15. I'm going to bet the over. And so I bet the over and I got it. But like a, but a couple of the um, sports betting books in Australia, I know got hit hard and they had to take it off the board because they're like, this is really unfair. Cause all these, all these um, sharp betters are hammering the over because they have an advantage. And that, those are the little things you always look for. It's always these little, these little hints at stuff. And if you see, hey, in the rehearsal, it went to 215, you're like, that's an advantage I have on the book when they're always taking money from me. Here's my little advantage back. I hammer that away. And then you get the money on the back end. Bingo. So, can, I, can I admit something to you guys? What can you, what do you want to admit? I did not watch a single snap. What? I didn't watch a single one and I tried to. So started right around bath time for Leo and then I go to put it on and it was on for about five minutes before I realized, cause I saw on Twitter, people were talking about like some controversial thing with the ref in the first quarter. It, it took what we got to the coin toss and I realized I'm not watching this live right now. And I decided I didn't care and I didn't want <laughs> watch it i didn't watch it so you just skipped the whole super bowl yeah i didn't care what else what did you do instead 
I watched. Uh, oh, I watched all of Austin Matthews' goals from sixteen seventeen. No, I watched wrestling Yo, videos. And then I watched wrestling videos from the nineties when Shawn Michaels used to do Shawn Michaels things. It's all very real. Thank you. First of all, Adam, talking about wrestlers like they only wrestle for one decade. Actually, they wrestle for six, and it's concerning. <laughs> um, no, I was uh, fixing my back, which I guess we're gonna get to, but yeah, also Steve watching fell down suits. The stairs. Steve fell down the stairs, guys. We should talk about that. Steve, I, I, as I guess you're not a, a like even a casual sports fan of other sports. Like you're, oh, really, I am really strictly only hockey. You like no. basketball? I like basketball yeah. a lot. Uh, follow it. Uh, I like baseball. I'll watch the occasional tennis match. Um, golf, I can't do. I did golf <laughs> highlights. That sucked the soul right out of my body. Is that there was... is there a gun in your back from Ted Rogers saying, "Hey, you got to watch the Rogers Cup"? Well, it's not the Rogers. I Cup didn't anymore. say that. I didn't say that. It's not the Rogers Cup anymore. What is They're it called? Still, uh, it's called something else. But they they are still the presenting like broadcasters. So Sportsnet still has the rights, but it is no longer the Rogers Cup for the first time in twenty years. Oh, totally. Wow. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. No, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know why it doesn't speak to me, but it doesn't. And I felt particularly ignorant in the uh, Tom Brady greatest of all time conversation that was going on last night and today, because listen, I used to say, I watch one Patriots game a year, the Super Bowl. Now it's, I watch one Tom Brady game a year, the Super Bowl. And I'm trying to think of an impressive athletic thing I've ever seen. What? There were a couple years ago. Okay. There were a couple <laughs> oh years ago God. where he tried to run it and I was like he his feet don't look like they match his body. You know and he's I, you know he's a 65 professional athlete and he can outrun you any day. I know that. Hold on, so, hold on. You know how many people can outrun me? Hold on, hold on, hold on. So what he can stop. outrun me? I'm hold a blogger. I got to stop you because your gain is way too high on your microphone. Yeah. You got to break Oh, it. sorry. Are I you, thought my <laughs> take was just that ignorant. No, that, no, are you no. even talking through your mic, Steve? Hello. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's okay. Jeez, like is it that bad? Yeah, it's in a different like spot because it I might have been stand. coming from your computer audio. Oh, weird. Is it? Is it on now? It, yeah, I think it is. Sorry, go ahead. Well, it I might have been from when I accidentally unplugged it when we were warming up. My bad. Yeah, I think probably. And and also, your take sucked so badly that your microphone didn't even want to be a part of it. <laughs> Bro, so, I don't care. I mean, he's not the greatest athlete of all time. Get out of my face. No, he's greatest not. quarterback. He's not. Fine. Greatest quarterback. Absolutely. Indisputable. He's not the greatest, greatest athlete. No, he's not. Well, no, he's not. There's, it's not athlete in terms of his physical capabilities, because then you're talking about like a gymnast, you know? Yeah. It's, or Bo Jackson. We're talking about an athlete in terms of just his skill and his sport. Like, well, Henri Richard won 11 Stanley Cups. Right. Yeah, uh, Bill Russell won 11 NBA championships. Even the like, Serena Williams conversation, like, what does she have? Like 56 championships or something like that. Tom Brady would have to be in the NFL for 56 years to get the opportunity to win 56 Super Bowls. What different. are you comparing? <laughs> no, different. they don't. It's not the same, Like, is what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a ridiculous comparison. Here's what I'm saying. The only sport you can properly pull best athlete of the world conversations from is a sport that everybody plays, and that is soccer. So if you want to have that conversation, oh it better be a soccer player. Otherwise, I'm not interested in talking about it. No, I wouldn't uh, even go that far. I would say uh, if you're doing best athlete, you stop at sprinting. You know, it's you. Uh, yeah, very. Like, <laughs> or swimming. Like you yeah, could say Michael, Michael Phelps. Phelps. I'd be like, okay. 
Because that is, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to dispute that. That was, he was pretty amazing. But Steve, uh, I think you have the debate confused. Oh, He's I, the, I believe you. Because the, the conversation <laughs> on the on the Talking Heads programs, like Skip and Shannon and Stephen A. and all that, is is he the greatest athlete in terms of just his sporting? Uh, capabilities because he's winning so much and his game management and one of the most difficult sports to play you know mm-hmm. and he's gone to another team he's proven that it's it's him and his game it's him it's not belichick yeah and he's, mm-hmm. he's won more championships than any franchise in his sport that's so crazy like, it's, mm-hmm. listen it's incredibly <laughs> impressive but like i don't know i have such little appreciation for the sport that like i can't even I can't even watch him and understand why he's. We got to go to his. Other than he wins, we got to go to. We got to take the STP on the road. Hopefully this year, but definitely in 2022. Uh, and uh, and and like this fall, go to a Steelers game or next fall. We have to go. Yeah. You have to see it. You got to go because you'll get it. I know you'll get it. You're gonna love it. And and I've always like we need to go to Pittsburgh and do a live show anyway, but. I, I think you need to see a Steelers game live so you can go and and then I the reason I don't want to send you to a Bills game is because the weather blows most of the time. So I was at uh, a Bills game, game last uh, not this season but the last season we could go to games and we went uh, it was me and my family went down in October and it was still freezing. We sat. In the I bet it was. And yeah. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> I we're Canadians. The... We're talking about how cold Buffalo is. Yeah. I went to the Centennial Classic and I would say I went to the season opener for TFC and that was worse. Yeah, because I wasn't prepared for it. I'm like, ah, oh, it's April. I'll be fine. And you forget you're right on the water. And I was it's probably the coldest I've ever been in my entire life. I went to it was uh, awful <laughs> for TFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Worst, worst live sporting experience I've ever had. See, I was the, I felt myself dying outdoor sports in Canada in the spring, like March, April, the worst, because oh. December is usually pretty dry. Like you can get some snow or whatever. I went and saw TFC in like late November. It was like the day before December started on their on their championship run, and uh, and like it was cold, but you could you could handle it because it was dry. The second it gets wet and rainy, You're March dead. and April, it's ugly. It's just ugly. I remember I go, went to a Steeler game, um, and I had to. It was raining, and it was in. It was right after Christmas, and I had to. I squeezed my gloves, and the water just poured oh, out. Oh God! Yeah. No, you need to go to a game in like September, October, really enjoy the sunshine and the experience. And and I actually was at the last game that Tom Brady didn't start for the Buccaneers. So that was, I think I mentioned that last episode, but I was in the last Jameis Winston game in Tampa at Raymond James. So that's a great, that's a great experience. Tampa's awesome because it's just warm all the time. There's a pirate ship in the building. Yeah. I Did learned that. about that. <laughs> I learned that. <laughs> now um, we've got a bunch of stuff to get to today, including more. I, I, we're going to have to start a segment called the NHL is just figuring this out as they go. Oh my God. Um, there it was, and we're not talking COVID here, although there's a lot of bad stuff happening in Minnesota as we speak. Uh, it's the story's kind of unfolding. So we'll update you that a little bit later only because um, we feel like there's probably going to be more updates as the show goes on. You know, we record yeah. this mid-afternoon. A lot of stuff breaks just afternoon. Now, um, with regards to the Super Bowl, one last question, guys. One last question. Okay. You ready? Mm. And this is more for Jesse than for Steve. I was going to ask both of you. No, no. I have a very in-depth opinion. <laughs> Jesse, do you think Tom Brady deserved to be the MVP? Oh, for sure. I mean... <laughs> Sorry, it's up for debate. <laughs> it, it's up to it's up for debate, and I think 
one of the main things to take away from the game is that there's never going to be a point where a defensive player could ever win MVP because quarterbacks exist and these wide receivers and running backs exist. Because mm-hmm. Tampa's defense is what won that game. It's, right. It's them. It's their uh, defensive line just going at this backup offensive line for the Chiefs and getting to Mahomes on every single play. And like, so one of those guys, I don't know if you, it, there would be cool if they could just give it to like all the defensive linemen, MVP, Super Bowl MVP, because those are the guys who really won that game. Oh, yeah. All, all the offense had to do was score 10 points and they would have won. And they scored 31, obviously. But like, that's what really won Tampa the game was their defense. And I wish there was like a team defense MVP Super Bowl award that could go to them. But yeah, Tom Brady, either way, if they had won, no matter what he did, he would have won the MVP trophy. And I feel like that's not the way it should be. Right. It's like, uh, um, it's like when Sidney Crosby's in the finals. If Pittsburgh wins, it's going to Sidney Crosby. Right. Um, now, uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve it, but there are other people too. Um, and lastly, I, I was talking to uh, my boss, who was also Jesse's boss today on the phone. She's like, listen, if I was paying $45 million for an arm, I would be very upset if I didn't win the Super Bowl. And <laughs> <laughs> so she's not a Mahomes fan. Uh, now, let's get to the week. Brought to you, of course, by Frosted Flakes. Now, Stephen, uh, I'm, I'm when giving- it's game time, don't flake on the Frosted. We could, we could really choose from anything. I mean, obviously, we could talk about the Leafs. We could talk about the Super Bowl, which you didn't watch. Where do you want to pull your Selly of the week from? Uh, I, I I got it. I got one because you ever I, we we gotta we gotta give a shout out to I, I would say the best NHL giffer, probably the best giffer in the game, and that would be Tic Tac Tomar, or as I used to call him. Tic Tac Omar, because I'm a moron. Um, Tic Tac Omar uh, put together a nice little compilation. There was Wayne Simmons who scored the first uh, little bar down goal against the Canucks. Was that the second one against the Canucks? I think it was. Matthews then steals the soul Mortal Kombat style out of Jalen Chatfield and Braden Holtby's body at the same time and doesn't celebrate at all. Just completely deadpan because he's not attending a hockey game in which he scored. He is attending a funeral. Like it is right. just outrageous. And Tic Tac Tomar puts together a con- uh, compilation. When you your friends have success versus when you have success, because Austin Matthews is this warrior demon when he scores a goal, but when Wayne Simmons scored before him, it was yay, and he turns into this sports loving pixie stick eating child who just jumps into his friend's arms and celebrates. He turned into Mitch Marner for a second. That's Mitch Marner every moment of every day. But to see Austin Matthews do it, jump into awkward hug with Wayne Simmons for some reason to me, that was the Sally of the week. There you go. Your Sally of the week brought to you by frosted flakes. We gonna hear from Tony or. Oh, Tony, Tony had to go because oh, he heard oh. uh, Steve's Tom Brady comments and he got oh. so upset that he just popped in and just ran away. Okay. Oh, right. no. Fair so so I guess we're on our own for this Tony promo. Yeah. Are you oh. going to do it? Ooh, I think you're doing a Tony Romo joke there and I didn't like it. That, that's a person who played in the NFL. <laughs> All right. Now, here's a question. Here's a real question. Okay. Um, we got to do who wore the crown. Jesse, who is the sponsor this week? The, the sponsor of this week is um, the construction guy who's in charge of mixing the cement. 
All right. Hey, this week's brought to you by this week's Who Wore the Crown is brought to you by the construction guy mixing cement. If ever you're asking yourself, why not build a building? Why not? Make sure that you pour it with concrete, especially mm. the bottom part of it, because we like that nice and sturdy and use some rebar and all those sorts of things. Why not you? Why, why not shout out the concrete why guy? Why not? Okay. So shout out Vincenzo. <laughs> you're Steve. the hero. That wasn't one of our best ones. <laughs> no, shut up. It was amazing. <laughs> the hell are you guys talking about this is a very good show so far okay now steven <laughs> yes uh we need to talk about who wore the crown who was it for you uh i'm gonna go with everyone not in a vancouver canucks uniform um who knows maybe they're gonna beat the leaf six nothing tonight but uh those are the two worst games any team has played against the leafs uh, so far this year, and I don't think it was so much the Leafs looking dominant as it was another team um, not literally not wanting to play hockey on ice. Um, that was one of the saddest things ever. Uh, I am going to give a crown to someone who deserves it because they were written off by stupid YouTubers who said they weren't everyday players. Um, they were Put on waivers, threatened mm -hmm. to retire mm -hmm. if they were claimed. And then while playing on the fourth line, they scored a hat trick. I got to give my crown to Jason Spezza. You wear it. You put it on your damn head mm -hmm. because you absolutely deserve it. You beautiful 37-year-old with a laugh that is perfectly normal for any human being to have. You deserve the crown, my friend. <laughs> I'm going to give my crown to, that is the goofiest laugh I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I'm going to give my crown to the Wayne train. Wayne Simmons, Scarborough, what's up? Even though we've lost him for six weeks, I'm sad. Wayne Simmons, Very sad. warrior, beast, animal, all the things that Wayne Simmons needed to be in the Toronto Maple Leafs uniform. He's amazing. He's incredible. And boy, you know, you were talking about what Tic Tac Tomar put together, right? In terms mm -hmm. of how excited you get the the sense of what kind of teammate Wayne Simmons is when you see how his teammates react to him scoring. Boy, are they pumped. I pointed it out on my last LFR. It's teams get jacked when someone scores their first NHL goal. What it is for the Leafs is they get jacked for when anyone over 30 scores. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I know you they're still a young team. Hey, I, I can't believe it. Wayne Simmons, 32. How are you still doing this? <laughs> Shut up, you damn bunch of kids. Now, uh, Wayne is out for six weeks. I think I said broken hand. I meant broken wrist. It was confirmed by Sheldon Keith today. It is a broken wrist, which is a bummer. Now, Jesse, yes. I know that you like to vary this up. No one really ever knows where you're going with this. <laughs> and I would well, just like to know what you right. think. Well, Who deserves this, the crown? This episode, I have to give out a little bit of a different crown. Uh, this episode, my crown goes to Vic Brackness. Now, last week, the world lost Vic Brackness. Vic was the MLSE usher for 29 years. Mm -hmm. And last, uh, on February 4th, he passed away at the age of 81. Now, for the last 29 years, Vic would open the door for so the Leafs could get to their dressing room. And that was his job. And before that, he was um, he spent 17 years at the Montreal Forum and watched all of the 10 Stanley Cups. And he uh, he said he was pretty good luck because he was also he also worked for the Jays during their World Series run. So I got to give my crown to Vic this week. He's going to be missed by the entire uh, Leafs family and MLSE. So shout out to Vic. Uh, life well lived.
Yes, no kidding. Yeah. A lot of a uh, lot, lot of people who I used to work with at Leafs TV, um, yeah, big fans of Vic, and he just a familiar face. I think if you're a Leaf fan, you went to the games, you probably saw him many, many times. So uh, that's the who wore the crown this week. Appreciate that, guys. That's a really good one, Jesse. Nice touching tribute. That's a beautiful thing. I like. We made that. fun of you for always having the same answer, and then you. Yeah. Like really touched us. Yeah. Good job. You know what, guys? I'm full of surprises. Jesse, I have never hated a person more in my life. <laughs> um, also, your stupid puppy bowl tweets. It made me fucking watch it yesterday. Oh, my God. Wasn't it Jer- good? It was, was very so good. good. <laughs> and also, Sportsnet uh, did a, uh, a breakdown of the puppy bowl this morning with uh, Eric and uh, Martine, and it was really good. I gotta oh, go. no way. Yeah, it was really good. They did, like, the highlights and everything. It was great. Yeah. Um, so- <laughs> my, uh, my girlfriend would have adopted, like, 14 dogs by the end of that. Yeah, no it kidding. Was, it was so cute and so sad. Like, a couple of times, you're like, I'm on the verge of tears right now. When they brought out Aaron Podgers, I was like, God, <laughs> I hate oh, you. No, they <laughs> all had names. Todd <laughs> Pearly. Yes. Todd yes. Gurley. <laughs> uh, hey, that's uh, Who Wore the Crown this week, brought to you by the guy that mixes your cement. The next time you're looking to build a building, pour a foundation, pattern some concrete, why not? Oh, why not? I call up the guy who does who mixes your concrete. It's <laughs> <laughs> your concrete on me! All right, all right. <laughs> oh, just to be clear, Steve. I am from the upper northeast United States and above Italian descent. Oh! <laughs> Steve is making fun, not of Italians, by the way. He's making fun of the stereotype that we give Italians. And I think that's fair. And if I was making fun of Italians, I'm allowed. Yeah, you are Italian. Yeah. Yeah. I have a license in my wallet. I'll go get it. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a ridiculous show. It is uh, ridiculous. I think we're doing great. Steve's mic's going to be dead, broken. Um, Now, remember a week and a half ago, guys? No. I mentioned that the Montreal Canadiens got, I mean, listen, all the points that you get, you earn. But I mentioned that the Montreal Canadiens had beaten up pretty badly on the Vancouver Canucks. And I said, hold our horses here on crowning the Montreal Canadiens because they've beaten up on Edmonton, Ottawa, and Vancouver. Now the Leafs have seen Edmonton, Ottawa, and Vancouver. They lost to Ottawa once. They lost to Edmonton as well. Did they not? They lost one. Twice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, One in overtime. And... I did say at the time, I did ask the question. I posed the question, phrased the phrase, which got me into an enormous amount of trouble with Canucks Twitter. Is it time to panic about the Canucks? And I was told emphatically, no, they're going to be fine. And in fact, last episode, which was Thursday night before the first Canucks Leaf game, the first of three Canucks Leaf games, two of which have been played, I was told emphatically that the Canucks would figure it out and that they were going to take out my P-word, S-word, a word, Leafs. Okay, that's oh, that's PSA. what I was told in my DMs by a Canucks mm. fan who was very upset. That's okay. That's okay. Now that we've seen two more games of Vancouver, now that we've seen this team lose three games, win three games, and lose three games, and for anybody keeping track, that's six losses in nine games. Is it time yet to panic about the Canucks? Uh, they've gone straight from panic to apathy and despair. Uh, which is sad for a fan base to see because after the first leaf thumping, the seven, three thumping um, over the Vancouver Canucks, I said, listen, you cannot expect a team to do that again. You are not going to get that gift in two consecutive games. You mean the Canucks rolling over on the Leafs? 
Right. And in the second game, they were arguably worse. Mm-hmm. And their fan base was like, why? I, so you're new here then. See, I got the opposite at them. They're like, I guess you haven't watched the Canucks game. And I was like, I guess I haven't. Just like the Super Bowl. I thought the Canucks were in the Super Bowl. That's why I didn't watch. Weren't they Canada's team in September? Uh, the question had to be a asked. brief moment that dot ca <laughs> well hey hey whoa hey don't drive by also on the youtube channel all right also hey vinny <laughs> adam's mouthing off all right listen <laughs> i expected them to take a, a step backward right mm-hmm. i did not expect this this is brutal. And I you didn't okay. expect them to step backward into time. Like, you know, to 2015 when they couldn't do anything. So, okay. Do you they, remember, do you know. both of you remember Austin Matthews' second goal in that yes. game? Where Braden Holby gave it away. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, elicited the craziest look I've ever seen from a goaltender I've ever in my life. And I was like, who is that look for? So he gave it to JT Miller, who was objectively... Outside of Jake Markstrom, I would say the MVP for the Canucks last season. Let's describe to uh, Steve what happened on the play for anybody that might have missed it. This, that's important because this is kind of a this is a very key Oops. moment and shows a, the frustration that must be going on inside the Canucks dressing room. Well, okay, so the puck is cleared in uh, from the leave zone into the Canucks zone. There is a foot race between Quinn Hughes and Zach Hyman. I love Zach Hyman. I would expect Quinn Hughes to win that ten times out of ten. I don't care if he's at the end of his shift or not. It's first of all, it was like 90 seconds into the period. Mm-hmm. How tired could he have been? Um, so instead of letting Quinn Hughes collect the puck and go behind the net and probably with that turn behind the net, lose Zach Hyman. He decides to play the puck to nobody. Fires it off the glass. Fires it off the glass. And he didn't have to is the thing. He did not have to. And JT Miller's back check on Austin Matthews was awful. It was terrible. And he did stop moving his feet, which he acknowledged today. Um, And this is now the second time Miller's got his clock cleaned by Matthews in two games. But for Braden Holpe, who gave the puck away to stare down JT Miller, and then Miller, I, I I thought he was American. But this Canadian thing where he's apologizing for things that aren't his fault that he's doing today, that's Brayden Holby's fault. He gave the puck away. What are you talking about? I did not understand Braden Holtby's death stare. Uh, and I gave him the benefit of the doubt in the video going, he surely he's just upset with himself. Like, okay, Miller made a mistake. But Miller's mistake... Uh, didn't allow him to cover up for yours. Like, do you see how you're at fault here there, Braden? He gave the puck away. He could have covered the puck. He could have played it behind the net. He could have done anything but give it away. He just yeeted the puck up the ice for no discernible reason. Matthew scores the easiest goal of his career and the game's over. And they acted like it. This is the other thing with the Canucks. They act like the game is over long before it is. In both games, they go into the third period down significantly against the Leafs. But it's also the Leafs. 
I haven't had the chance to watch a ton of Canucks hockey this season. Have you watched the Leafs over the past forever? You got a shot. What are you giving up for? There's something wrong. There's something real wrong in that locker room. Another key thing with Holtby, I don't care how experienced he is, uh, you know, Stanley Cup pedigree, you are the new guy. Yeah. You you're not, just you're not got here. Yeah. And you're given who the f- I would love to know how the Canucks skaters receive this because I know for a fact a lot of forwards and defensemen don't exactly have a lot of patience for when the goalie speaks up. You got to be a truly special goaltender. We're talking Patrick Waugh 1993 playoffs saying, guys, I'm not letting another one in. And then he doesn't. You know, we're talking very special situation here, but for Braden Holtby to so openly do that was very surprising to me, in part because it's Braden Holtby and also because it's it's his frigging fault. That's how I saw it anyway. Did you see the post game with Braden Holtby? I did not. Well, he, to paraphrase, and I'm not quoting directly, he's like, well, I didn't see the play or whatever, but he looked... No shit! He looked despondent and didn't take responsibility for it. It's his fault. It is his fault. fault. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure that's something you can solve in the dressing room later, but it goes to a bigger problem of, 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 I think there's an identity crisis in Vancouver. And when you lose Jake Markstrom, Chris Tanev and Tyler Toffoli for nothing in the off season, you know, maybe we didn't take into account enough how much of a hit, not just personality wise. I know Chris Tanev was, you know, Markstrom was there forever. Tanev was a big, you know, dressing room guy. Toffoli had just got there, but was, you know, a big piece and given what especially Toffoli signed for in Montreal, you got to wonder, like, what does that do to your psyche when you know you've got a bunch of guys, got a, a lot of dead weight on lines three and four, a ton of dead weight, and these younger guys who are expected to step up and do literally everything, literally everything, mm-hmm. two goalies, one that's past his prime, frankly, in Brayton Holby, and another that's never proven that he's ever going to be great beyond a 10 or 15 game stretch. Uh, and uh, and that's sorry, not a ten or five, five or ten game stretch. To, to give you an idea of how much the young players are expected to do, like forget about the guys at the top of the lineup. They now have to replace the bottom of the lineup with cheap guys, and one of those guys is Jalen Chatfield, who ate a big old turd sandwich in that second game. He sure and did. was on every highlight in that game, and I started to feel bad for him. And I'm like, well, I know this name though. And so I looked it up. We went to game five. Or was it just Jesse and I? We went to game five against Utica, right? The year the Marlies won the Calder Cup. It was the uh, first round. I, I think it was uh, you and Adam. Did oh, was go? it? It was the, the game where Garrett Sparks made a save without a glove. Oh, no, yeah. I was there for that game. I wasn't there. No, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I remember him from that game. And I was like, oh, when did the Canucks draft him? They didn't. So he's a 24-year-old undrafted player. And the last goal that he ever scored professionally was before that game that we went to, Jesse. It was April 5th, 2018. This is how deep they're going in. And I guess they didn't get him for his offensive prowess, obviously. You, you look at his stat line from the AHL and it doesn't really hold up. But this is how deep these guys are digging. And you want to talk about putting guys in a position to fail. Almost all those goals, it felt like he was put in a position to fail. I look at the goals that Demko let in in the first game and Holtby let in in the second game, and there's a few would have been nice to get a saves in there, but in terms of just complete softies, 
Like these guys are facing grade A chances, taking a wild amount of penalties too. The first game underratedly horrible. They took they were uh, penalty kill five times, mm-hmm. but on two of the goals that the Leafs scored, there was a delayed penalty call, so it didn't get called. Right. Mm-hmm. Then there was the Chatfield hit from behind on Kerfoot that didn't get called. <laughs> mm-hmm. They were they're completely undisciplined. And then all right, we're gonna get that under control for the second game. Alex Edler, oldest guy on the team, takes one three minutes in. And then he also took one two minutes later. Is discipline something that should be on Travis Green? I mean, how much can you put on Travis Green? He lost his starting goaltender, his best defenseman, and one of his top wingers. Like, I I, I don't know. Like, it, it sure seems like there's a goaltending issue in Vancouver, specifically a goaltending issue. Um, yeah, discipline's a problem, but I think anytime you have a team that's underperforming even their own expectations were – which would have been middle of the pack this division, by the way. The most any the highest anybody had Vancouver was third. And even that was generous. I can't imagine that you're going to be all that disciplined when you're feeling as bad as they are. And I think that's probably, I mean, Jesse, you might be right, but I also look at it like, I mean, what is he going to do? Guys, feel better about yourselves. Guys, you've got a chance. <laughs> You discipline don't. discipline offensive zone penalties like the ones nylander was taking that we criticize him for well adam and i uh the uh kerfoot you know the the offensive zone penalties he was taking i think spezza took what those are completely needless when you take a ton of penalties and they're in like the neutral zone the defensive zone i don't think that's on your coach because he doesn't have you feeling good about yourself i think that's on your coach and your entire team because you're doing things that are getting you penalties. Yes. You don't have the puck. So you're tripping guys. You yeah. don't have the puck. So you're slashing guys. You don't have the puck. So you're hooking guys. You don't have the puck. Yeah. And the, I mean, and the common theme through both those games was they never had the puck. Yep. And you, you saw at the end of the first game, Jordy Ben, um, you know, cause there was the Wayne Simmons hit on, on, on Hughes, which, I mean, obviously, if I was a Canucks fan, I'd be, I would have hit the roof. I would have been so upset. And I get it. Because, because it was not. There was no need for it. Absolutely not. It was three a, it minutes was, left. Stupid <laughs> hit. No, it should not have happened. And I don't think Wayne Simmons is he's tough, but he's not a guy that's like going out there headhunting. Right. He's, he's just not, not a bully. Right. No, exactly. So there's you probably allow him that much leeway where you go, OK, Wayne, like back it off just a little bit. But I don't think we're not looking at like a Matt Cook situation with Wayne Simmons. Right. However, Full, full marks to Jordy Ben for trying to stand up for his teammate. But I think that made it worse. Sometimes it's not good to stand up for your teammate. And I know that sounds terrible. But Jordy Ben wanted no part of fighting Wayne Simmons. So Wayne draw, uh, hits and then draws the fight and gets the win in the end because, like, the net positive because Jordy Ben is not there to fight Wayne Simmons. He's, that's not his role in the lineup. Doesn't really want to do it and gets. I mean, I don't know how many of those punches actually connected, but when you look at who won the fight, it's clearly Wayne Simmons and who's more energized by it. I give him credit for going to the fight, showing up, but at the same time, like what good is that going to do? You're not going to do that to our guy. Otherwise I'll allow my face to get punched in. Like what does that do? And I understand the whole hockey thing. We got to stand up for people. Believe me, I'm a Leaf fan. We have watched our stars uh, to quote Brian Burke, pull their teeth out of the glass for, for a generation. We finally have some people that can scrap and play hockey at the same time. We had people who could scrap it but couldn't play hockey. Um, I think 
I think what it is, frankly, and I feel bad for Ben because what situation is he? There is, there's just nothing. There's times when you're on a team where just nothing feels good, nothing feels right. And when you look at the Canucks cap situation, the only UFAs who make serious money this year that are coming off the books are Brandon Sutter and Tanner Pearson. So Sutter and Pearson's makes- been good. Pearson's been very good. Uh, Sutter, because this is the thing, right? You got to look, you try to look forward a little bit like, okay, if we can get out this season, maybe we can sneak into the playoffs. It's 56 games. We could do it. And then help is on the way. Well, you got $8 million coming off in Pearson and Sutter, but you might want to keep Pearson. It's a pretty good player, right? Mm-hmm. But then you've still got Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Jake Furtanen, and Antoine Roussel just on the forward group who are here for another year at a combined six plus three plus three uh, plus two. So that is $11, $14 million right there that you probably wish you didn't have on the line on, on the lineup card, right? They pretend and scratch. There's no way they'd want, like, you know what I mean? And then you've this, got- This is the problem, man. You're describing guys who have an opportunity here to provide something that the Canucks seriously need. Yes. Especially Vertanen. And, and also- It's Edler, not there. Sorry. I, I'm wrong. Edler comes off the books as well at $6 million. So, chance, so they do have some money on the way. He makes $6 million. Alexander Edler makes $6 million. I mean, he was probably, he's I don't, I don't remember his stats exactly, but I mean, he's, he's just old now. Yeah. He's been good for a very long time. He's just old now. So, I mean, okay. So that's a little bit of money coming off the books. That's pretty good, but you need serious cash to turn this around. They're going to get some cash next summer, but the damage was done this past. Yeah. S- summer well, quote, quote unquote summer. And I wonder all whatever. Forget even that, right? You still got Holpe. If he can't turn it around, you still got him at four million bucks next year. Yeah, he. I still say they need to be better in front of him. Uh, well, and sure. like, but I mean, addition of Sch- Schmidt's good, Hughes is good, but like neither neither of them are exactly like stalwarts in the room. Is, is Myers good? No, just straight up no. <laughs> well, he's making six million dollars till twenty three twenty four. It's just they need they need help back there um, because I there were games where like I didn't notice Besser until like one of the last power plays. Pedersen, I noticed when he hit the crossbar, that was really it. You mean the guy who's better than Austin Matthews? Uh, not anymore. Uh, Hoglander, I noticed a handful of times. Like it just feels like well, and Miller, the only times I notice him is when he was skating frantically back into his own end. Um, and he did have the one goal that was called back, but they just, they have no identity now. And they, they have, I think part of the reason we put our faith in them and said, Oh yeah, they can make the playoffs is their parts are good. They -hmm. have some really good parts. Mm -hmm. What they need are those little, they need a purpose is what they need. You can be a shitty defensive team. And still make the playoffs. We've seen it. We've, <laughs> We've years, but you can't win in the playoffs. You can't win in the playoffs. Right now, they're they're fighting off. Their competition right now are the Senators. You know what I mean? For last place in the Canadian division, they got to be better than this. So it's I I think you nailed it early on, Adam. It's it's I don't know what they are. Um, and I don't think they do either. And like, they're also having some terrible luck. Like Pedersen leads the league in posts. Oh. He could be up there with Matthews. Yep. He's hit seven posts. 
He could be up there with Matthews, and he's letting it kill him. You can see in his face. To me, you know, you talked about things Travis Green can control. A little bit of that, but, like, I'd like to see the leadership of the team. Yeah. Help a guy out. Yep. With that. Yep. Um, Sorry, go ahead. You know what I was about to say? I was about to say, I don't even know who the captain of the Canucks is. Bo Horvat. It's Bo Horvat. It should probably be concerning that in the conversation of the important parts, he didn't come up. You know, they need an identity. Now, identity. There's something uh, there. There's something there. Because uh, because the Leafs did lose Wayne Simmons, they have upgraded Scott, who the hell are you, Saverin's deal to uh, a two-way deal, $700,000. Good for him. He's going to be, a, you know, a, a place filler probably. Um, if they do need some grit and sandpaper in the lineup, I don't imagine they're going to turn to Scott Saverin, but I've been wrong before. Um, and I think it's another opportunity with Wayne Simmons gone for the next six weeks for somebody to step in. Now, we do have some good news. Joe Thornton and Nick Robertson were practicing today. Neither are yet eligible to come off the IR. Uh, and sorry about the uh, sirens in the background. If you can hear them, I live on it's, Queen Street. What can I say? It's, it's Adam's squat. house. You're not being pulled over. Don't worry. Exactly. You're good. Yeah. But, um, but you know, so the, the couple of roster moves and looks like some help is on the way and you're going to have injuries. Real bummer for Wayne Simmons, though. What a tear yeah. he's been on. And I got to say, that's a guy that Toronto Maple Leafs fans here's it's so weird. Toronto's got this weird complex. We've talked about it before where we almost hate the best players and then, but really like the guys who are, who are trying hard and are seeing some success. That's unexpected. It's been that it's, way forever. It's Sundin, so McGillney. strange. Larry Murphy. Like where is Salming? One of the best, Boris Salming, he's amazing. Boy, Larry Murphy is such an interesting case, and you should look it up. But he was signed, he signed to the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's one of the best defensemen in NHL history. And all Toronto did was bitch about how much he made, which I think at the time was like a million and a half, two million bucks. Whoa. And, and so they traded Sorry. him to Detroit because, because the Leafs organization used to listen to the fans, which is a terrible idea when it comes yeah. to players. Like, what are you doing? They traded him to the Red Wings where he probably won two Stanley Cups. And it's a it's a sad, sad sort of story. Like, they were – that team was loaded. A young Nick Lidstrom, Larry Murphy, Vladimir Konstantinov. Like, there were some unbelievable players. Larionov, Iserman, Fedorov, Shanahan. Dude. Crazy. I, I went back uh, when I did the – when I did the Dang It video for the game that got Patrick Watt traded mm-hmm. out of Detroit – or sorry, out of Montreal. It was the 11-1 loss to Detroit. I was just looking at Detroit's roster. Oh, like, holy shit. I think crazy. it was Kozlov. I want to say someone had like five goals or something like that. Vyacheslav Kozlov. They were murderers, that yeah. team. It's, 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 it's amazing they didn't win the cup that year. But then the, they won back. The Detroit Red Wings, Red Wings from the 90s should have won the cup probably five times. It, oh, 100%. The, the fact that they only got two is sort of a travesty. Like, really, they should have won in 93, probably. They should have definitely won in 96 when they had 120 points or whatever it was. Yeah, it was the, the, that wasn't the all-time record year, was it? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that was the, that was the Colorado year. They set the all-time record for regular season points yeah. and, then, and then promptly got bounced in the Western Conference Final. Then they win the next two years, and they probably should have won in 99 as well. And I don't remember what year it was, but there was a year they won the President's Trophy and then I think got bounced in the first round by L.A., if I'm not mistaken. Steve, I have a question for you. Mm. So I think it was uh, uh, Drag Like Paul on Twitter who sparked the weird debate 
over possession numbers and Wayne Simmons's contribution to the team on Twitter. Can you explain what was going on there and why people got so upset over that over the weekend? What what bothered me about it? Because I know, bro, I know Wayne Simmons' possession numbers aren't good. So okay. that, that so that's a real thing. The the possession numbers aren't good. So people were saying this might be a good supposedly. Thing. I haven't even. I, Jesse, I haven't looked at them because I don't care. Like, because <laughs> I know exactly what he brings. I know what he brings. I know he's not going to shoot 50% on the power play for his entire tenure with the Leafs. But, like, I want to say his first one was pretty lucky. And then his second one, I can't remember exactly how he got it. His last three were buttes. That one on the rush where Hall set him up. Um, he roofs it. Uh, in the Canucks game, and then that tip was a uh, thing of beauty. Huge celebration for a five nothing goal, but we don't need to worry about that. It's what what bothered me about the debate um, was the timing of it was nonsensical to me um, because it it looked to me visually anyway that he was getting better, and he just it was we already knew he was probably going to miss six weeks when this debate started. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't understand where it was coming from. It was obvious. This team loves this guy. He provides so much more than, you know, some of the face punchers that we experienced in 2013. Um, And also I'll fully admit this uh, as part of my fault in this whole discussion. uh, I irrationally like Wayne Simmons. I listen, he'll have to do some pretty bad things uh for me to stop liking this guy and, and i know his numbers weren't very good um but like i'm struggling to think of a goal that was like his fault i can think of like i think there was one in like maybe the first four or five games like i i know exactly what he brings to this team and i love it as a counterbalance to that argument has there ever been a team in nhl history with any sort of success that has every player in positive possession Probably, the, but like the the here's the qu- the question I always have is because I'm a believer in stats and everything, and obviously in an optimal world everybody's got positive possession numbers, but I don't think that's realistic. You know, the problem for the Leafs when the stats advances advanced stats versus non advanced stats debate was raging is like that the Leafs put their faith in players, the best players, the players that were supposed to perform for them, who had negative possession stats stat like literally they like i mentioned the last episode it was bozak kessel and jvr sure did score a lot of goals sure did allow a lot more and that was the issue so now you've got your stars being stars matthews Tavares, marner nylander all of them scoring over a point a game all of them 40 million dollars in those four guys they're all scoring over a point a game or at a point a game that's pretty amazing and by the Tom way Tavares, the Tavares and nylander very quietly are having a great season. Both 12 very and quiet. 12. 12 that, and 12. Like, like that's, that's man. What, what do you more expect? Could you ask? Yeah. That's what you're wanting. And, and the thing is, is that like, okay, you could say, like, I don't know where any sort of criticism for Tavares is coming from at this point, but you do sometimes see it. It's the um, Just yeah. the Matthews Marner line is they're otherworldly. And my long belated point here is you need your stars to have positive possession numbers. You need your stars to be stars in all of those categories but when it comes to a guy like wayne simmons if he's playing with marner and matthews do we care about his possession probably not 
you have him there for a different reason. And you have to look, you can't just take one metric and apply it to all players and go, they're good or they're bad based on this. I think when you look at, and I don't know if that was happening in the debate, because frankly, uh, I was busy living. But the uh, the reality I didn't is, see much of it. To I, be don't, totally honest. I don't really like the whole thing about, like, my, at least in, in my stupid, stupid man's opinion, um, I don't think that you can just say, well, and I'm using Corsi as an example, but Corsi is probably a poor example. Well, it's Corsi shit, so so is he. There are other things that you can bring to the table. And the reality is, if Wayne Simmons hadn't been there to score those goals, they wouldn't have been scored. Right? Yeah, and you and mentioned like, other th- bringing other things to the table. I, I, we can't disregard that chemistry is also a thing and liking a guy. Because when you get along with people, you also perform better. And yes. like if, if locker room guys are a thing and sometimes they help your team win. Look at Tony D'Angelo. All the fucking talent in the world. Teammates cannot stand him. He's off the team. Like depends it's you ask. Oh, well, it depends who you ask. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? In terms of his talent? No, no, the locker room thing. Oh, oh he no, by most by most e- examples he's a prick. Anyway, okay. sorry. <laughs> sorry, are there people that like him? Uh, there I'm were sure there are things said on Saturday that people didn't appreciate. Oh, Bergie said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he did. Why are we going to ignore it? Brian was on this show saying I say things that I stand behind. He said that is a lot of his teammates love him. Okay, fine. Why is he not on the team then? I'm sure, some of them do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Did you My see point Sist- is- Sistjorkin making fun of him? Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> well, we're talking about... Okay. Yes, sorry, I did. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, sorry. We're talking about, though, chemistry, right? We're talking about liking a guy. Chemistry. And like what we have. Did you see uh, Jim yeah. Benning's tie over the weekend? No, I missed it. Right. What, did, uh, what kind hello. of... Steve will tell us all about it in the middle of your rant. I bet. Is there Adam, a, what's, is, your, what's your shirt say? Is there a combination <laughs> of... Uh, is there a goal combination for Jim Benning's ties? Is, can we get just Jim Benning's ties all in two games? How many oh, zoning entries do they have? <laughs> I need to know how many collar entries his ties have. To Jesse's point, chemistry matters. You got to like the guys in the room. Do you think they got Joe Thornton because he's going to get 60 assists again? No. Joe Thornton's just a fucking awesome guy. And he's a lot of fun to play with. And he can still play. Is he going to play up to the Hall of Fame Joe Thornton that we knew from 2004? No. He's not going to be in the cover of video, a video game again. Yeah. But that's not the point. And I think that's where I think we got to stop looking at the picture in terms of player by player, because this is a very good team with stars that do perform. These stars are performing. So the role playing guys are playing a role other than being a star. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. And like he's on the second uh, line or was on the second line for reasons that were very apparent. People kept getting hurt. Mm hmm. Like what, what do you and now he's hurt. Thornton on the first line to start the season, I'll admit is odd. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I see continuing in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But like, for example, uh, people didn't like him on the first power play unit. And to be honest, I was like, mm. I mean, it's putting him in a position to succeed, but at the expense of William Nylander, which I thought was strange. It's worked. But then you can't look at it working and the fact that the Leafs have one of the best power plays in the league, despite a high shooting percentage. You can't look at it working. You can't look at a thing that you thought wouldn't work, and then it works, and then you go, well, yes, but it's only working because of Yeah, you can't, you can't be like, oh, it's working, but it's not working because of these reasons. No, it worked, flat out. It worked. Like, I... And I also will cop to irrationally loving Wayne Simmons, but I have forever and ever, amen. And I don't care. Yeah. 
I think he's best suited for a third or fourth line role, but he stepped into a second line role perfectly fine. What are you going to put McKayev out there? Yeah. He's going like to fire now, muffins at the net. It's, it's, you know what? It's like his what I said is, about Patan. His shot's atrocious, by the it's way. It's like what we... I, oh, I know. His I shot's mean, so bad. It wasn't good before he hurt his wrist either. But uh, like wh- what I said about Patan, I see what people like in this guy. Get the puck in the net. And then it finally went in. And I'm like, there you go there, Nick. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good job. I see why people like McKayev, but now the puck's not going in and I don't like his play. So him going on the second line with Tavares and Nylander, which just makes sense, in my opinion, the puck has to go in. You got to go. Even if you didn't touch it. Yep. Even if it's just Willie and JT doing their thing, what you got to be doing around, your line has to friggin' score. It's amazing how good the Leafs have looked through two games against Vancouver and how just completely invisible the third line's been. Right, right. Which brings me to my next point. Guys, I'm sure it's a good one. Mm-hmm. The Leafs are not the NHL's vacuum cleaner. I've said this before. I said this a week ago during Tyler Ennisgate. Hey, that was still a good idea. It wasn't a good no, idea. It was and that's why idea. they didn't do it because it wasn't good. 30 teams passed on Tyler Ennis. No offense to Tyler Ennis personally. Really liked you when you played for the Leafs. I still Point do. Is, you weren't. Yeah, still do. Activated today. Going to play in Edmonton's lineup tonight. Good for Tyler Ennis. Happy for him. This is a guy that came back from a pretty serious back injury. Love Tyler Ennis. Nothing to do with Tyler Ennis. Leaf fans, I'm talking to you. I understand why everybody hates us. Why are we so interested in everybody's third and fourth line cast off? And I'm specifically talking about Sam Bennett, who about 18 years, 18 million years ago was drafted in the top five and has asked for a trade. Is a career minus player. And I know we don't put a whole lot of plus minus. Oh boy. Plus minus category. No. Oh, now we care. Now we care about plus oh, minus. I see. Because his name's not Wayne Simmons. I see. I see. Just a little minus, guys. He's a lot minus. He's a lot freaking minus. What's okay. His, a minus. Plus minus. Oh my god. Okay. But plus minus is sort of a dumb stat. I will yeah. Thank you. But <laughs> but okay. Let's. Can we talk about this for a second? Leafs. Leafs. Nation are just completely unhinged at the news that fourth line, barely in the lineup, Sam Bennett is available by a trade. And I saw a tweet out there who said, why don't we do Nylander for Bennett? No, no you were high in points name, came name, six name. years ago. He had 36. No, put their at handle on this podcast. I don't what even know. It? I don't even know who they are. I don't okay. Know. I don't, I don't, I wish I did. You, you're asking me to remember somebody's name. Come on. I'm terrible at that. I'm de- de- I can't remember names. Can't remember faces. I'm terrible at it. Terrible. Now let's have a look here, guys. Adam read it on games. Facebook. It was his oh, yeah. uncle. 15, 16, Facebook. 77 games, 36 points. Wow. That's a really good young rookie. Next year, 81 games, 13 and 13, 26 points. Okay. Well, listen, everybody got the sophomore slump. The next year, 11 goals, 50 points. Oh, 26 points. Man, he's really got to step up. Then the next year, 71 games, 13 and 14, 27 points. Well, that's just about the same as the last two years. It's almost like there's a trend. Last year, 52 games, eight goals, four assists. This year, one goal, which came on Saturday when they finally pumped his tires and put him on the first line. And he's got two points. Over that time, if you include, don't include the 14-15 game where he played one game. Minus 11, minus 16, minus 16, minus 18, minus six, minus one, and minus Five. He has never been a plus player in his career. He's a negative 58. And just on that metric alone, I would be a little bit like, 
I'm a little worried about that. I get that he's big. I get that he was drafted in the top five, but I actually had people messaging me today saying, yeah, well, he's a top five draft pick. That, that uh, talent doesn't just disappear. Hello. Yes, it does. Or maybe it just wasn't there and they made a mistake. You ever heard of Alexander Dagg? What? I feel like he had a shoulder injury or something. Okay. And that'll sap you. Sure. That'll sap away your talent. But, okay, whatever reason, the performance isn't there. And everybody's like flipping out over Sam Bennett for what? For what? And that, so I've had, I've heard some good arguments since because we were tweeting about it. What about a Kerfoot for Bennett swap? Kerfoot's got a goal. Bennett's got a goal. Kerfoot's got 3.5 on the books. Bennett's got 2.5 on the books. It saves the Leafs a million bucks. Calgary absolutely will not do it. But people are saying, well, what about that? That would work. Well, Calgary wouldn't do it. Would. It'd probably be a ripoff. You think they would? Well, in terms of talent, it's not close. Um, I think Kerfoot's the better player. However, what makes it interesting, and and I think this is Calgary's hesitation here, is what Elliot Friedman said. I think it was on the 31 Thoughts podcast, not this episode, but the last, where he was talking about Calgary viewing Sam Bennett as the <clears throat> not the kind of player who gets you to the playoffs, but the kind of player who gets you through. Um, and he's had good playoff performances. And I know it's an exhausting oh, thing to oh, listen to. I know it's an exhausting thing to listen to. What's wrong with bomb? What are we talking about here? Are you kidding me? So wait, you're saying Calgary should keep him there? No, no. The reason he's the guy that shows up in the playoffs is because none of Calgary's stars show up in the playoffs. Well, there is Johnny, that. Johnny Gaudreau's points and Monaghan's points drop in half the second game. One drops the puck. Are we kidding? So you wouldn't swap Kerfoot for Bennett? No. Well, maybe Kerfoot. <laughs> so, so, yeah. You're saving so, a million bucks, maybe. So Here's Kerfoot it. for Bennett, one for one, do it. Uh, there are. I love it. There's, I love it. So I wonder if there's something here, though. Because there are players who we acknowledge are not the most amazing in the regular season, but when the playoffs come, for some reason, they come alive. Joel Ward is a Joel Justin Ward was, Williams. Is, Justin Williams. Mr. So Justin Williams is good in the regular season yeah, he and got 60 great points. in the playoffs, right? So, but yeah. Joel Ward was a 40-point player, was he not? Regularly? Mm-hmm. Career, but even when he sort of fell off, he was still playoffs would come around and you're like, holy crap, there goes Joel Ward again. There's something there with Sam Bennett. So in his first playoff in 2015, that was a very long time ago. Yes, I know. But listen, uh, 11 games, three goals, four assists. Once again, as a rookie, uh, his second playoffs in 2017, two goals in four games in 2019, five points in five games in this past playoff in the bubble. He had five goals, three assists, eight points in 10 games. Do you want to know why? Calgary Flames. Why? Because somebody's got a score and it's not Goudreau and Monaghan, which is Calgary's problem in Adam, the playoffs. We have watched some terrible teams. No, they do not. But he also, this is what's wild to me. So he, that is tied for the Calgary Flames lead in playoff scoring with Sean Monaghan. He led them in goals. And he was tied for the lead in points. Mm, Adam might be onto something. Come on. Ryan Dezingle scored almost 20 goals with the Sands before he was de- dealt to the Blue Jackets. You know why? Because somebody's got to score. Now, so here's the argument for acquiring on a winning him. team. On a winning team is Ryan Dezingle in the top nine. Here's, here's the, rule, the argument for acquiring him. The Leafs are making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're going to. Mm-hmm. Could you use some Sam Bennett in your life? 
Could you use some Sam Bennett in your life? Some meat and mustache, two things proven to get you through the playoffs. Could they use some of that? And here again, just like with Tyler Ennis, Adam, here's a reason why I'm not saying do it, but I am saying, look at it. He's in Canada. It's important. If a player becomes available on a Canadian team, the, the other Canadian teams vacuum up their crumbs. No, but they, they have to pick look them up it. off the floor. We will be better. They, you know what? They he sucked for the Calgary Flames for six years, but you know what? We're the Toronto Maple Leafs, and not not only did this work with Tyson Berry and Cody Cece, but it's going to work with Dan, Tan, Sam Bennett too. We're going to bring him in here. We're going to rehab him, and we all, he's going to be a great player. Neither of those guys had reputations as good playoff performers, though. Is this guy his know reputation? Why Sam Bennett has is, a reputation as a playoff performer, Steve. Because he performs in the playoffs. Yes, the Flames are terrible around him, but he's good despite that. And this is the thing: he's got a gear. He's got another gear. He's got a gear to give. Now at two point five mil, that's tough. I'm with you there. That's a pill. There's something dollars. It's worth looking at. Who who gave him that deal? Are they crazy? Bradshaw Living, I guess. Why? Holy smokes. It's worth looking at. It's worth looking at. Is there something truly there? Here's the deal. I'm not saying a deal that makes sense, but there's something there. Sam Bennett got a chance to score in the playoffs because uh, whoever the coach was at the time, Bill Peters, Jeff Ward, whoever was coaching the Calgary Flames at the time. What was the other guy? Glenn Galutzen, who was just miserable all the time in every press conference. The only time... The only reason Sam Bennett got those opportunities is because Monaghan and Gaudreau suck in the playoffs. Well, Monaghan was the guy he was tied with in playoff scoring, though. Monaghan should be. That's true. He's paid to be. That's absolutely true. Guys, this, this whole playoff performer bullshit because their star didn't perform. So he gets more opportunities and puts, puts some goals. Come on. And makes the most of them. He gets more opportunity. What do you want more in a bottom four-game stretch? But he can't do it for eighty-two. What do you want more in a bottom six player uh, than a guy who makes the most of his opportunities? Though he doesn't. He does. No, he doesn't. Come playoff time, he plays an entire regular season, and he can't get more than ten goals. You're not getting him for the regular season. What's his career high? What is Sam Bennett's career high? Uh, It was as a rookie. So the Nelly Akbar special with 36 36. I looked it up. He has not topped 27 since. Guys. Bro, I'm there. What are we talking about? (laughs) What are we talking about? The only reason this is a conversation, the only reason. Why? Because he was drafted in fourth overall a while ago. No, it's also because he wears 93 and likes Doug Gilmore. Well, so do I. Love Dougie. Shout out yeah, to but you. you're not as good at hockey as Sam Bennett, who you said sucks. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. No, Sam kicked my ass. And listen, this is not a, 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 an attack on Sam Bennett. It's an attack on the idea like that we have to pick up every excess forward and have another guy on the third line who can't perform in the regular season. My issue right now with the Leafs is they don't have a third line that performs. And so let's go get the guy who can't perform on the third line for the entire regular season. Let's add it to Pierre Engvall, Nick Patan, Travis Boyd, who's actually been pretty good. Uh, Jimmy VC. who else do we got that's not performing on the third line? Let's add Sam Bennett to the mix. Great, great. Let's take a downgrade in skill with Alexander Kerfoot. And I get it. We get to save a million bucks. I would look at it too. And I agree with you, Steve. You should look at it. Should always look at it. Should look at it, but what are we looking at? Yeah. 
And then people, well, and, and so somebody said to me today, hey, listen, when, I, when the Leafs are fully healthy again, and they made a really good point, your third line is, in this scenario, Simmons, Robertson, Bennett. Oof. So not bad, right? That sounds pretty good, except for the fact that Nick Robertson's like four and a half years old. And we're going to expect him to drive play on the third line by himself? Yeah, but him and Simmons like on going- average are like 25. That's how age works. But we just talked about Wayne's not driving the possession. Sam Bennett for sure isn't driving possession. So it's going to be on Nick Robertson? I is don't think... setting a 19-year-old up for success? No, making him your third line center, I think, is an abject mistake. Bennett? Yes. So I'll agree with you that I don't want him there. Trading a third line setter for him. So what I am not the one who suggested trading Kerfoot. Where's he going then? Where's he going to play? I'd like to see him. I'd, I think he would be an excellent fourth liner. The problem is he makes 2.5 million. Adam, in most years you go, hey, you want Sam Bennett? I say, uh, no, not really. This year is different. It's I different. Want, you know what, Jesse? I'm going, I'm going hunting. And the guy I'm looking for is an elite fourth liner. Please hook me up with that. I would love Sam an elite should, fourth liner. On a, on a good team, Sam Bennett should not be playing above He's, the fourth line. I'll say this. It's something we are giving entirely too much thought to. No, but, no, I'm calling Leafs Twitter out on this one. This is crap and you're at it again. Stop it. Stop it. I think it's something they should look at. A fourth liner. What if it's salary retained? They're, so they're going to take is? on more salary. Calgary is going to take on Kerfoot and they're going to take some back. Some so no, we're not going to leave Kerfoot alone. Yeah. There's no Kerfoot. Nobody's okay, giving okay. up Kerfoot for Bennett. They're not. So what does this deal look like? Yeah, that's what the we, thing. What There's asset no are we deal. talking about? You don't want to give up anything for Sam Bennett. You want him for just cash. Would they look at Scott Would Sam. they look at something like Sam Bennett salary retained? I don't know how much. And Pierre Engvall, who obviously pisses the organization off. Here's the problem. Um, salary. Or, so the Flames right now are accruing some cap space, according to Cap Friendly, because their daily cap it is less than their ACSL. I don't know what the hell that is, but anyway. The reality is, guys, they've got they they will have three million dollars available by the deadline. Their current cap space availability is a million. So, how much are they going to retain? Plenty of space and, for Kerfoot. Sorry. So, you retain the the difference between Engvall and Sam Bennett to even it out. Is that what you're saying? Would you do a straight swap? Say their salaries were even. Do you do a straight swap of Sam Bennett for Engvall? Well, I don't if the even salaries were even. The problem with Engvall is. I just don't, even though I like his tools, I just don't see a future for him on this team. Like no. It's starting to look more like that. Um, and he's just one of those, I feel like he's a player. I understand why he drives Sheldon Keith nuts because mm-hmm. he's clearly got the talent. It's clearly there. And he just makes one or two mistakes a game where it just completely erases the good night that he has. He makes mistakes that you can't afford. Um, that far down your lineup but he's valuable because he can play on the penalty kill he can play the wing he can play center sounds like a I, fast version of sam Bennett. i enjoy Engvall <laughs> on the pk just i do too on the pk too he, I does, do too. he does what we were sold on martin marinchin the shall not you shall not pass you mm. know with the big the big staff in the earth he's got he does he does block things very well so here i think it's worth looking at getting sam bennett but Jesse threw down the gauntlet. Would you do this? Yeah, the swap salaries even. A wash. No. For no, Angle. I, yeah. N- no, I don't think so. 
I wouldn't do that. So we're getting a guy who we think is probably, we wouldn't give up Pierre Engvall for. God. I, Adam, I'm on your team. Adam makes a good point. Don't, don't I'm guy. Sorry. I'm on guy. your team here. <laughs> guy. Sorry, I sound like a real Canadian. Hey, guy. Hey there, guy. <laughs> okay. So we're done with this now, right? We're done with this conversation? For now. Oh, Steve for thinks it's something until, they should look at. I think till closer to the deadline when you're like, we need some meat. No, and what they're doing is they're, do, they're doing the same thing that the Leafs did with Phaneuf. They're pumping up his stats and then they're going to offload him and then he's going to go back to the player he always was. They're gonna, good playoff performance. stats? Yeah. Good playoff performance. Two points well, in 10 games? Well, Jesse, that's, that's a d- double what he had at game nine. Uh, because he got to play on their first line and beat Edmonton. Or, yeah, beat Edmonton. Right, 6-4. That was a good game. I watched both games on Saturday night, and they were fantastic. I do it was like a good Saturday of hockey. Oh, it, it was. Awesome. This past Saturday was good yeah. hockey. And, you know, um, there is nothing more fun than finishing a Leaf game and knowing that Calgary and Edmonton are playing. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's my favorite. And I always forget. And then they're like, and up next, Calgary, Edmonton. I'm like, oh, what? Yes. Amazing. Yes. So Always good. good. And then you get, to, you get to see the headlines too, but it's not as good as the first headlines because it's not actually headlines. <laughs> that was Jesse Blake. That's called bylines, actually. Bylines. Is it called bylines? No, it's not. <laughs> I was like, why'd they do that? Make, that wouldn't even make sense. What's this sub headline called? Is that the byline? Uh-oh. You could call it byline because it's the second headlines and by means two. Mm, okay. Ooh. I don't know. All right. All right. But you'd have to spell it different. Steve, Latin expert. Um, right. It's amazing. Uh, it's that must be the Catholic upbringing, right? You got to learn a little bit of the uh, the Latin. Yeah, I got a little bit of Latin and a whole big bunch of shame. <laughs> All right. All right. We're back from a little break for Steve, who needs a back break because he broke his back falling down the stairs. <laughs> like, like Abe Simpson. I fell into the China hutch. And now I need to walk around mid-podcast so that I feel better. Uh, I've screwed my back up worse than this. I'm not worried about it. What happened? I uh, fell down the stairs. Had nothing heroic about it. I just sort of stepped on him funny. It was a carpeted stair. You stepped on Leo funny? That's weird. I stepped on, I stepped right on my son intentionally. Wow. And um, I think you you were going, yeah, you were going to, you were going for a field goal kick with him, but instead you stepped on him. Well, like I just, I saw another male in the house and I was like, this guy's coming for like, he's, he thinks he's top dog. And then what happened is I slipped on him and he was perfectly fine and laughed at me. Let me ask you a question, Steve. Yes. Who gets more attention from uh, Mrs. Dangle, you or him? Leo. He is top dog. 100%. (laughs) hundred <laughs> percent. Even this? Leo, even Iggy is second dog. Nah, I was gonna say, is <laughs> it Leo? Dog. Is it Leo, Iggy, then Steve? She doesn't put my food in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Nor does she pick up my poop. <laughs> That's well. I'm the only person in the house whose poop she doesn't clean up, <laughs> and I think it's garbage. Well, you know, I'm sure you could take that up with her. I'm not sure how far you're gonna get. I mean, you know, she's short, but she can still reach my chin. That's what so I figured. She, now, it'd, it'd be a tough punch. So let me let me ask you about this. Let me ask you about the Edmonton Oilers, who I, I, I think it's time we can officially say it. The Oilers are what they've shown you they are. They are mediocre on their best nights. Can we stop talking, guys? This is the question for the whole thing. Can we stop talking about when the Oilers are going to break out as if it's going to happen? Or if the Oilers could break out as if that's a possibility. 
the Edmonton Oilers are at best on their greatest nights when both McDavid and Drysaddle are going and they can get less than four goals against a mediocre team. And that is what they are. Fair? Can we finally say it? They've been like this for four years, but can we finally talk about it? They are... It is I wouldn't bet against Connor McDavid. I wouldn't either. I'd bet against his entire team. <laughs> this is the problem, isn't it? So I'm lo- I'm looking at this. They McDavid and Drysaddle are one and two in the league in points. They're uh, 26 and 23. Marner is 20, so wow. he's number three. What? What? JVR is number four Told at 18. You. Yeah, he's doing well. Uh, so anyway, that threw me off. Um, McDavid is also, is it second? He's tied for second in goal scoring with nine, um, even strength, uh, goals. They're not up there. I clicked the wrong thing. Anyway, listen, where I was going with that is they're the most dominant duo in hockey bar none. There is not a better one. And Matthews and Marner. Nuge, by the way, point a game player too. Exactly. Matthews and Marner are so good. They might even be the second best duo in the league. They're probably they're top five. They're a top five duo in the league, and they're still not close. Mm. And the Oilers suck. They should not still suck. They are maybe above sucking. They are mediocre. And you can point to games wall if they suck. Then how do they beat the Leafs? What? Okay, you would not say well. You said the Detroit Red Wings suck. They beat Boston four times last year. The Senators suck. They beat the Leafs. They beat the Leafs too. You wouldn't call the Senators good. It's a long season and shit happens. How about that? But what is looking real bad right now is the Oilers are getting this many stops and pointing to injuries is a waste of time because unless it's half your roster, every team has injuries. It's unless it's like a playoff situation uh, in the bubble and you look at Colorado and they're down to their third goalie who happens to be Michael Hutchinson. That's the only time you can go, well, our starter and backup both got hurt. But when you're leaning on Miko Koskinen, which you can't blame your season on, on account of the giant contract that was given to him, maybe not giant, but probably bigger. Giant than in comparison to what he should be making. What he should when be you making. Give the, when you let the general manager sign that contract and fire him two days later. Which I want. I want to know as a hockey fan, this isn't me as a Leaf fan dancing on the Oilers' grave that they're, I mean, they're still alive and breathing. This is me as a hockey fan going, when are we going to get Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl some friggin' help? We're not. Not in Edmonton. Oh, it's killing me. And if if anybody just dares to dispute me on that, how long is Connor McDavid? Is this his sixth season? Well, season six for Connor McDavid. And you know what's getting further and further in the past? 2017. Yeah, we I mean, need to stop yeah. with that. You got to pick oh, up your socks. Oh, we made it to the second round that one time. Okay. You got to pick up your socks. The Leafs have lost to Boston twice since then. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's forever ago. Like, yeah. it's just, it's, yeah, they had the one run. That, I mean, the run is comparable to what the Canucks had in the bubble. Mm-hmm. They did. They won the first round, and they did very well in the second round, but didn't quite win. Mm-hmm. It's almost carbon copy. And look where the Canucks are now. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. 2017 doesn't matter. 
How are you going to help Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle, the two best players in the league, at very at very least the best duo in the league, that features the best player in the league, indisputably? How are you going to surround them with enough talent to be an upper half team in Canada? Which I love this division. It's a barrel of monkeys. It's a lot of fun. But it's there are the soft spots. Oh, oh yeah. There's yeah. soft spots. There's going to be those who eat and those who starve in this division. It's haves and have nots, and that's it. That's what and, it is. There's two and, good teams and everybody else. And I look at the Oilers and I keep saying, yeah, but I can see how they would win a series or two. To which Adam always says, uh, no. they lost to the Blackhawks. And I go, fair. And, and like, me, I'm just so, I'm so sick of watching this mediocre product. Well, and Steve, you said, you said it perfectly there. How long, when, when are we going to get Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl? And I think you could put Ryan Nugent Hopkins in there who's been there for like 10 years and has had two or three great players to play with. Everly, Hall, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Hmm. That's it. And Hall was for like five minutes. Yeah. So those guys, those guys all get to, you know, he's, that's who he's seen as in terms of stars. Imagine that the, the, just the, the, the shelves full of, of hockey, hockey cards that he's seen go through an Edmonton Oiler jersey and never, ever see the light of day again. And, and let's say this. This is Connor McDavid's sixth season. At the end of this season, he will have six years in the NHL. He's been to the playoffs twice, second round once. And he is playing at like two points per game right now. And they can't get it done. This is the thing. Guys, this isn't going to happen in Edmonton. It's not going to happen. If it was going to happen, it would have happened. It's not going to happen. The clock, remember the Connor McDavid doomsday clock that we started? If they didn't make the playoffs last year, they'd be in trouble. When, when Ken Holland took over, whenever, it was, whenever the hell it was he took over and they made the playoffs, it's ticking again. If Connor McDavid is getting traded, Adam. Connor McDavid getting traded would be the closest thing to an NBA move I think we've seen in the NHL. The amount of who the f- who has 12 and a half million dollars to give to even the best player in the world. You know what? Like Edmonton's the, the, gonna have to take a bad contract back <laughs> for Connor McDavid. You're gonna you're gonna have to give me you're gonna have to give me first round picks for people who aren't born yet. <laughs> like for in order for that to happen, you would trade Drysidle before you would trade McDavid, though. So Drysidle's contract has actually aged extraordinarily well. Yeah, it's a yeah I hated it at the time. And here's the deal: now you're gonna train the rating MVP. Yes. Oh, yes. It's. I just. You need a so save. what do they you need what, a is save? It, is it goaltending or is it more offense? Is it more defense? What do what does Edmonton well, exactly need? The to defense is great. They're anemic the on defense. They're terrible. Come on, they're not good on defense. Tyson Berry plays for them, so that's that's already a mark again. We know what that's like. I mean, like like the the Jeez, Oilers had so mean okay. to him. What the hell? Oh man, you saw? Did you see the Tyson Berry? They were they were pressing. There was a point in the game, and I forget what period it was in. And the Oilers were pressing, pressing, pressing. And I was like, are these guys on a power play? And they weren't. And Tyson Berry's like, I got this, guys. Skates right in on his off wing or his offside to the boards, gets dead zoned, and then fires a backhand up just the middle of the thing just, in front of the Flames net. Just and what does Calgary do? Right down the other way, scores a goal. Like, come on. Five ain't his thing. So then, so, so then you got, okay, so Tyson Berry doesn't play defense, and we know that. Stop. Like, he might rack a bunch of points. He doesn't play defense. Yeah. But then, then you got 
Adam falling off a cliff, Larson, who we're not sure is an NHL player beyond this contract, frankly. I feel Chris Russell, him, Chris Russell, who's never been good. You do have Ethan Bear. You do have uh, is Evan it, Bouchard. Uh, Evan Bouchard. When Oscar Clefbaum comes back next year, maybe things look a bit better. You got and then who's that leave? Year. Darnell Nurse by himself? I mean, we saw, like, Darnell Nurse is great, but, like, we saw Morgan Riley by himself. It wasn't, wasn't fair. For an 82-game season, you need at least four guys. You need at least four guys who are guys, right? Um, and this, that was, I mean, there's a reason Duncan Keith got the Con Smythe in 2015. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be able to do what the Chicago Blackhawks did. And it's harder over a 82 or even 56 game regular season to do that than it is in the playoffs, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The playoffs are shorter. You know, we've seen we've seen lines and individuals and teams get hot and it can carry you X amount of the way. Um, but if you don't have who are the others four guys? It's not enough. It's not and behind it all, like because I look at the I look at their defense and I go, it's not the worst in the league. It's it's not even the worst in Canada. Okay, but is that uh, is that the bar by which we it's not a good bar? Teams? It's not a good bar, but you can it's get not by. even the worst in the league. You guys, you can get by with a goalie though, and they hitch their wagon to the wrong goalie. Well. You know, it's a good thing Mike Smith makes his return tonight. I was about to say, help is on the way. You never know. Help is Mike Smith? Yeah, who knows? I mean, he's... Has Mike he Smith can... had... He is the... He's more um, Cam Ward than Cam Ward. What does that mean? Adam, go ahead. Mike Smith had a good run once and made the Olympic team and made the Coyotes made the conference finals, yeah. and he's been riding that. Dude, he... And he's the kind of guy who will probably get three consecutive shutouts after the show and will yep. look like morons. Oh, um, he'll and, still finish the season with below, a sub 900 save percentage. So I don't care. Last correct. year, Mike Smith went 19, 12, and six. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Okay. That's his record. Yeah. How, save how percentage do do of 902. Yeah. Is that what he had? Yes. 902, 19, 12, and six. But doesn't that just show you what would the record be if he's nine? Oh eight, which is still not very good. Even nine ten, nine fifteen, nine fifteen. They win the Stanley Cup. Maybe he improves to that this year, and this is the help Edmonton needs. Thirty nine. Yeah, why not? Thirty nine. Coming off an injury. Yeah, guys. And then here's the thing, Miko Koskin. Right now, by the way, I love this this quote from uh, Mark Spector, and I know uh, there are some divided opinions on Mark Spector, but that's exactly why I like him. He's fun, and uh, he wrote this today. If the opponent gets three goals, you're likely to lose. So Miko Koskinen's 3.55 goals against average is a problem, a major problem. Now, <laughs> I was where like, would okay. they be without him? Where well, would they be without him on account of they didn't have anyone else? Right. And so, you know, and they did take a big swing at Markstrom and he just chose Calgary over Edmonton. That's what happened this summer. So they did try to address it. All right. But the, the, the thing is, you didn't really address it. You tried. Mm. And what's the, what does trying get you in sports? How many, how many cups do you get for trying and missing? Can I say, uh, in defense of the Oilers, and you're not going to answer my question. And if I have somewhere it? I'm going, sorry, with what, what was your question? How many, how many cups do you get for trying? Zero. Uh, for showing up and trying. Yoda said you win them all. Nothing. Nothing. 
So yeah. Koskinen's, Koskinen's career average goals against average guys mm-hmm. is 299. Hey, that's less than three. His save percentage this year, by the way, it was 917 last year. Not bad. No, that's really good. That's why they were fifth in the West. They were good. It was 906 the year before. Probably more like what it was, what it should have been. It's an 889. Ooh, you're not going to win. You're not going to win with that. And a 39-year-old goalie. You're not. It's not fair. Uh, believe me. Do I, I want Edmonton to be good. I want them to, I want them to be a team that comes in and, and is scary. Can we can we acknowledge that a big reason Edmonton is in this position is Carolina shafted them for no good reason? What was that? <laughs> On the waiver wire, I think it was the Oilers put Forsberg, Anton Forsberg, I think it was. Yeah. On, <laughs> on, and Carolina took him. And then I don't think they've used them or they put them back on waivers or something like that. And because the Oilers were good last year, for the first month of the season, they have a terrible waiver wire position. So all these teams were able to snipe all the goalies away from them. Have the Devils even used Aaron Dell after stealing him from the Leafs? They've taken two guys. They took Dell and Comrie because they were shits last year. Like I think I I don't know I look at how many games have been postponed and the goalie situation and 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 the waiver situation this year it feels like they should have maybe rethought waivers this year mm. and should rethink waivers in general like remember when Evgeny Dabakov signed a deal he was in Europe he signed a deal with someone I think it was Detroit and the Islanders went yoink because he mm-hmm. had to go through waivers why. Why did he have to – Scott Sabarin today had to clear waivers. Now, I'm not going to die on that hill. Mm-hmm. But what waivers are designed to get you – to get as many players in the NHL make an NHL salary as possible. But in the event of claiming a guy and then trying to send him down to the minors, which has happened several times this season alone, who's benefiting from that? And, and then you're getting carted off here, there, and everywhere against your will. You, you didn't want to go to any of these teams. You didn't ask for a trade. You're getting carted here, there, and everywhere across borders in the middle of a pandemic. Like, I just – I like Troy Grosnick I, is the big one because I think he got reclaimed by the Kings uh, after getting taken by the Oilers. And he had to do that whole quarantine. Now he's got to go back. How often has he even been on the ice this year? Like missing, it just seems like a ridiculous situation. And, well, you can't, and, and it's can't. one that screwed the Oilers directly. I think if if the NHL had tried to change that, the Players Association would have been like, "No, we have a deal, and you're not touching it." And and that's that's it's probably less about the actual issue itself and more about any talk of reopening. Because you remember how that went, right? They had that conversation over the break, <laughs> yes. and it didn't go well. And then we almost didn't have a season. You remember that, right? We mm-hmm. talked about that in November and December. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is I don't I, – I, while I agree with you, Steve, I do. I don't think that that's going to be something that, that gets changed only because they're at such an impasse. They hate each – they're always at loggerheads about every issue. Um, something like simple like that doesn't get solved. But I agree with you. Goaltending on the waiver wire is something that should be looked at. I don't know if and, they can change anything, but they should look at it. And just mm-hmm. on the Oilers, 
if you guys are saying that goaltending is the issue and then if they can solve goaltending, that's it. Then one, I want to see what Mike Smith and Koskinen do this season. Me too. And then two, I want to see it. Two, Frederick Anderson is going to be a great Edmonton Oiler. Yes, he is. Wow. You know what, man? Yo, (laughs) Freddie Koskinen? That's mediocre. It's no good enough. Yes. Good good. enough. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Good enough. Well, and it would uh, accentuate is not the word. Optimize uh, Miko Koskinen's abilities mm-hmm. and potentially Freddie's as well. Mm-hmm. Now you'd have to grossly overpay probably to get him there in free agency, and that's its own problem. But they will. I totally agree. If if you get a guy of that level, and I think mm-hmm. we can agree, Freddie Anderson is at least league average. Mm-hmm. You get a league average goal. Uh, I just want to see it in Edmonton. I want to see it. Um, Let's let's um, the silent killer for the Leafs this year. This is not going to be amazing. winning. It's not going to be a popular popular call, but Freddie Anderson better improve. Man, an eight? No, I'm sorry, an eight ninety six save percentage isn't going to cut it. Is he still? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Wow. Not good enough. Not good enough. And that's not. It's it's. Listen, that you can. The Leafs defense is better. No question. And in fact, you can actually see the commitment to pushing shots the outside. You can see all that. There's a lot less defensive holy shit moments. Um, and, and you can see the forwards being a little bit more committed, and they are scoring a lot of goals. But guys. I have a problem saying that anybody on any team is a killer when they are 9-2-1 and one and have 19 of 24 points. No one is a killer when you're that good. I didn't say no it was else. a killer. I just said he's got to be better. That's you, all I said. Did, did you know? I think you did. <laughs> I think Fine. I'm I said he was you. a killer, and he's, it's going to be a killer. It'll hurt him. I think you called him the worst player in the league. I think you called him a piece of garbage. I, called I think him the you worst said Scott Sabrin should wear pads and then go in that. <laughs> guys, I attacked his character personally. Yeah. No, uh, you guys. Come there's on. no problem with a team that's winning that much. There, there's no issues. Once you stop winning, once there starts to be cracks, then there are issues. But if you're 9-2-1, and one, you're swimming. Mm-hmm. It's like Grant Fuhr. You ever see Grant Fuhr on Twitter? Because people oh. are always like, ah, oh, his safe percentage was garbage. He wasn't actually that good. He just goes, cups. My name's Grant Fear, and I want a bunch of cups. How many did you win? Zero. Ah, I'm Grant Fear. The other team score less, and that's true. Yep. But I just think if the scoring does disappear from time to time with the Leafs, it does. We need Freddie to be there. Call me when that happens, because okay, nineteen of twenty four is pretty damn good. All right, do some. It's okay. He's whatever. (laughs) And I love Freddie, but we we the last. No, 2020 was concerning. You love Freddie, and that's how you talk about it? 2020 was concerning. That is a a very fair point. He has not been good since December 2019, guys. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. Okay. He hasn't. What what stats are you guys looking at? Why does Freddie Anderson hate Sheldon Keefe? Let's start that. Because that's when Sheldon Keefe joined the team. Let's start that. Since the the 20-game run with Sheldon Keefe, Freddie Anderson has not been the same. What happened? And we all know it's true. You don't have to. You don't have to like me. I'm not a popular man for bringing this up. Not even on this show. It's an unpopular question. But what happened? You're a jerk. That's what happened. Okay, just throwing it out there. Um, big jerk. Let's get shirt. to this because we're running out of time here. I we do need to talk about the 
here's your daily reminder that the NHL is barely holding it together. Steve, in eight minutes, can you oh. please tell us what happened between Columbus and Carolina, I believe? Give me this. Go. Give me this. Just explain so, it because I don't get it. So, uh, God bless Aaron Portsline, by the way. One of the best beats in the business covering the Columbus Blue Jackets. So, yesterday something happened in a Blue Jackets versus Carolina Hurricanes game. None of us friggin' understood it, uh, and Aaron Portsline did a great breakdown. So, the game is tied 3-3. I believe it's at the end of the second period. The Hurricanes uh, enter the zone, the Blue Jacket zone, and they have the puck for a while, nearly 20 seconds, and then they score a goal. And then John Tortorella, coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Have you heard of him? He says, I'm going to challenge this. Now, you get a penalty if you challenge an offside review and you're wrong, right? So it's very rare to see it. So a Sheldon, goal goes in. Goal goes in. Goal goes in. And remember, Sheldon Keefe did this, and they were on, on the broadcast, they were even like, whoa. When a goalie challenges now, it means something because not only do you get scored against, but there's also a penalty. So that's the risk that John Tortorella is taking here. The Blue Jackets get scored on. They go to the review. It's not that long a review. Uh, a review. And the call on the ice stands, we have a goal. At intermission, which was very shortly after, uh, the Blue Jackets were set to go into the third period killing a penalty. Mm -hmm. for the wrong challenge right that penalty is canceled how because they took a look at it again during the intermission they got the call wrong and it was offside meaning the call should have been no goal so as a friendly compromise they say to the blue jackets k we're taking away the penalty to which the Blue Jackets respond, cool, thank you for that. Does that mean the goal comes off too? And they go, LOL, no, absolutely not. So, Jesus. here is what Aaron Portsline's reporting revealed. Someone in the, new, uh, not the newsroom, someone in the uh, situation room, I, I guess, in Toronto, where they review these things. Uh, was being losers. I know. Well, this poor guy, and I can sympathize with this, made a mistake. And what they did was they looked at the first angle and out loud, they said, that's onside. That's a goal. That's what the official wearing the headset hears. And so they went bet and they took their headset off oh, no. and skated to center ice and made the call. Now this year, there is new protocol because of COVID. The penalty box attendant has to sanitize the headset before they, I guess they wear it usually. Uh, I think they usually wear it and then they give it to the official, blah, blah, blah. But because of COVID protocol, they have to sanitize it. While they are sanitizing it, the situation in uh, room in Toronto is screaming bloody murder into the headset. Go, no, don't start the play. We got it wrong. No. And then they drop the puck and it's oh. a goal. Because once you drop the puck, once play resumes, it's a goal. So the person the new, that literally like a trainee makes this mistake. The situation room tries to get the officials attention. And in normal times, maybe they do. Maybe they would be able to. I was telling this story to my wife and she's like, couldn't they have called someone? I'm like, who? 
quickly call someone on the, on the cell phone and they yell from the butt. No, like, I don't know how else you could have done it. So listen, I'll tell stories of my own screw ups, but like whoever that trainee is screwed up so royally. Here's what I didn't like. And here's what makes no sense to me. They finally get a hold of the officiating crew and they go, guys, we screwed up. And they have to deliver that news to the Hurricanes and they have to deliver that news to the Blue Jackets. In the article that Aaron Portsline wrote, it's, I think it was Colin Campbell. Yeah. He's quoted and going, well, we couldn't reverse the goal call because there's no precedent for that. There's no precedent. And he's right. There's no precedent to just reverse a goal call after play has resumed. And I shouldn't do that. Yeah. It's I've never, never seen in, it. It's never happened in the history of the NHL, according to Colin Campbell. And he said, that's not the moment where we're just going to make the decision to do that. But as I continued reading, I'm like, well, I don't remember them ever just canceling a penalty halfway through it either when the other team hadn't scored, which he acknowledges in his quotes, he goes, well, I don't know if that's ever happened either. But we wanted to get it right. But you didn't. Well, you didn't want to get it that right, I guess. Because now Columbus is no longer killing a penalty. But it's still a one-goal game that their opponent leads. And by the way, that's how it ended. It ended no. up going. It ended up being six five. There was like but four it's a one-goal one game. game. There was four more goals that were scored. It became still a one-goal uh, game. Still a one goal game. Totally. But and l- let me throw this at you. Does Columbus get that minute back that they spent on the penalty kill before the period ended? So this is the suggestion made by very many. You have to add, I think it was about a minute. Now there is precedent for that. Mm-hmm. There is precedent for that because let's say you break a pane of glass uh, near the end of the period. That can take like 10, 15 minutes. So rather than wait 10, 15 minutes for that to get fixed, play a minute, then go to intermission. They'll fix it over intermission and then tack on an extra, I don't know, minute, 90 seconds or whatever to the third period, wait for a whistle, switch ends. I think even that's a little, what, what's the switching ends for? Come on. But the line, especially, especially COVID, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then you're going to switch bench. I don't know. Anyway, I guess they switch benches during the game and also body check and play hockey, but that's another discussion. So, they broke precedent, in my opinion, by canceling the penalty halfway through. And if I'm Rod Brindamore in the Carolina Hurricanes, I go, what are you doing? What? Okay, you got the call wrong. That's my problem? That's my problem? But to me, the team, you, you, you either go one way or the other. You either go, we're getting this right by canceling the penalty and the goal. Or you say, we are not breaking precedent we made a mistake. Oh, well. We're human beings. We're human beings and we'll cop to it afterward. That's what you should do. But what they did was they tried to minimize the damage without actually righting a wrong. Now, there is an argument in favor of not canceling the goal beyond the fact that there's no precedent for it. And it's from Reese Jessup. That's underscore offside, who used to work, I think it was for the Florida Panthers. <laughs> And he goes, any talk about striking the goal is absolutely insane. This play that was, quote unquote, illegal is absolutely hair splitting 
in that the offside entry had zero impact on the goal or actual entry whatsoever. This is a good goal 100 times out of 100, and the offside rule continues to be ridiculous. Now, I can agree with him that the offside rule, I mean, offsides in general, we can talk about should that even be in the game, but should there be a time limit on when a goal can be challenged? But which I do, I do think they should have that, but then you're going to be reviewing. There's going to be like a 9.9 situation Mm -hmm. and you're going to have to review not just the play, but also the clock. And it's going to take half a frigging hour for one goal challenge. So in this situation though, the NHL made a conscious choice to get this wrong. They did. And you can, you can, Put blame on that trainee who initially got the call wrong. I'm sure they're sick. I'm sure they feel terrible. It was also, it wasn't his responsibility to say anything on the microphone as well. His job, his like his uh, title, I think is video technician. He just, he literally just sends files from the situation room to the referees. He just sends files. the mic then? Because he's also because he has to listen to the situation Uh, room. They say, hey, send video A to referee go. And he literally just punches a button. It goes to the iPad. But he's like, I saw it. It's a goal. And he's supposed to shut up. And maybe (laughs) I misunderstood this in the article, but I don't. I think usually the situation room would be everyone in a situation room. But because of COVID, they're not. Right. It's not a bunch of people in the same room making the decision. Do do I have that wrong? In, in some situations, a lot of it's remote as well because you got the guys in Columbus, then you got the guys in Toronto, then you got Colin at home, then you got the video technician who's like up in the press box. So they're all kind of remote and just on mics. Yeah. So there was a miscommunication caused by this one person and it was wrong. What they did was wrong. The call was wrong. Wasn't their call to make. I don't understand how they made the conscious decision to get it half right. Yeah. I have a question. Can anyone explain why they got it half right? That's a very good question. I have a procedural question, if I'm okay. In. Sure. Guys, <laughs> I'm a ref in the NHL. Ooh. I skate 60 million kilometers a game. I'm in great shape. I'm away from my family a lot. It's COVID. Things are hard. Okay. <laughs> sure. Not easy to be a ref. And also, these freaking millionaires are bitching at me. Yeah. <laughs> great. Crosby. Yeah. yeah. Bunch of losers. <laughs> But I worked my whole life to get here, and I'm really excited about it. If I am going to review over something, and they say something over the mic that sounds rushed, procedurally, wouldn't you, as a ref, say, "Can we re- can we confirm that? Are you guys confirming that that's the play?" All the ref has to do is say, uh, "Toronto, please confirm. Please reconfirm. Am I hearing you right?" So, so the guy. You the guy on the phone who pressed the wrong mic button, yeah. the ref needs to be like, are you sure? Let's so the trainee, check. the trainee on the phone said it succinctly to the referee. And he said it twice in the quote. He says uh, he was off sides. That was a good goal. And the ref hears that. And, he walks away. and then <laughs> if I'm, if I'm the ref, who are you? Just well, so this is the identify problem. yourself, uh, 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 please. Procedurally, <laughs> procedurally now. Are you going to have to be like, this is Chris King, and that's right. a good goal? Yes. This is Chris King, and that's not a good goal. Yes. Yeah, so maybe that's the change they make. Yes, now. and that always <sighs> should have been the way. Right. You can't have everybody talking. It's Chris King's job. Yeah. Well, and, and now, so now, you, yeah, this is funny. Now, 
did the trainee even know who they were speaking to? Who knows? Because maybe they thought, oh, yeah, I'm on the line with Chris or whoever. Guess we gotta and it's the ref. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go to center ice and they're like, yep. And he's like, shit. And then you're just feeling <laughs> sick. And, also, oh, let me God. throw this out there. I also think some of the responsibilities on the ref here too, because you said it was an it was a very short review. Yeah. Well, I ring some me, alarm Let me just bells. say, I was trying to paint a picture, and I assumed it was short because they only looked at one angle, okay. and it sounded like there were at least three available. It must have been short then. It was. He, then, uh, that was the first video uh, the trainee sent over, and he said it at the same time he was setting the first video. God. He said, that's onside, that's a good and the, goal. That, I'm telling some of the responsibilities on the ref on this one, guys. Also, it's on the NHL for not saying, hey, I'm Chris King. It's this a Chris chain. King speaking. It, yeah, but he's the head of it. To me, the miscommunication was a chain of events. What I'm not understanding is them breaking precedent for one thing and not another. And not even the most important thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't... I don't get it. What, what, do you, what, do you, what did you expect from the Blue Jackets? Thanks. Thanks for not putting us... Well, and, and the other line in the article it was something along the lines of, well, them on the penalty kill, it put them in a situation where it could be a two-goal mistake, and that was unacceptable. So the precedent now is one-goal mistakes are acceptable. All right. They're fine. A-OK. Yep, we're good with it. Tell you what, if you, do, if you see a team winning and you don't like it, ah, just change it. Just change One-goal mistakes are fine. The precedent is established that one-goal mistakes are fine. So just have them. Start altering the outcome of games. Some guy pissed you off. He sent a stupid tweet. You know what? They're Islanders are losing tonight because you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Now I'm taking it to the next level. This is ridiculous, right? What I'm saying is slapstick, but it's ridiculous that they made the call to correct one wrong and not another, and not even the most important wrong. Instead of just owning the, the mistake, just yeah. own it. If I would have had more respect time, for them if they made them kill it. If there was ever the a time to set the precedent for taking back a goal, it's probably this one. When you know you made a mistake and you have the evidence to make a mistake and you just or correct you, it at the start of a period. Or you do what you should have done the whole time, which is accept the fact that human beings are judging other human beings. Mistakes will be made. And you say, human error. Sorry. All they had to do, all Colin Campbell had to do First off, you don't allow for that penalty to be reversed ever. Offsides, and then you say, and then you say the 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 challenge. If you if you if you had a screw up in the thing, you know you're the NHL. You go well. That's the way it went. It's too bad. Human error. That's the right right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's the wrong. Yes, you can't take anything back. Yeah, too far. I agree. That's like you don't have to take back something. Yeah, the Marlies the Marlies (laughs) lost the game in overtime in the Calder Cup final. In 2012, mm-hmm. the goal was offside. The AHL released a statement that the goal was offside. They didn't replay the overtime. Nope. They just went, whoops. Game three of the 2012 uh, Calder Cup final ended on false pretenses and put a team one win away from a championship and whoops. That's all they got was whoops. People make mistakes and they yeah. left it at whoops. No, I think you're right on that, Adam. I think you once you make the mistake, then you just leave it and you say, oh, mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. And you keep playing as if that was the correct call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
This should have been. Apologize later. The league should have been forced to sit in their mistake. Now that's at the expense of the Columbus Blue Jackets for sure. Yep. But you know what? If you're you're in the NHL long enough, you're going to have calls go against you that are wrong. mm -hmm. And it sucks. Mm -hmm. At least it wasn't the Stanley Cup final. Sorry, Buffalo. So now, but here's the can of worms they open. So let's say there's a slashing call with 40 seconds to go in the frame. And we kill off those 40 seconds, but we got to kill off the remaining minute 20 in the third, but it's a phantom slash. Can I review that now? No. Why not? They won't let you, you know that. Why not? <laughs> okay. You can get, but, yeah, no, 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 no. But there, there was a precedent. There's now a precedent to cancel no. penalties. And as an NHL team, I need you to explain to me why that can't happen. Because, because they know that that would be terrible for the game and all NHL teams know that and they would never go. For so it. was allowing a goal that shouldn't have counted. Right. Explain right. to me why that shouldn't, why I should not, because uh, they handled it wrong, and all they had to do is, is say after the game we fucked it up. Yeah. We wouldn't even be talking about it today. But they were talking about precedent, and now they've established one. Right, because Colin Campbell probably shouldn't have been talking to the media today. Yeah, he probably <laughs> no shouldn't have been giving anything. quotes to the athletic. Stop talking. <laughs> Counterpoint: He should have been forced to talk to the media today because well, he was. At all the all anyone was asking was what the fuck happened in the Columbus game. Maybe. Yeah, because they didn't handle it right on the weekend the way they should have, which is own it. Don't take back a penalty. Don't take so back a penalty. Yeah. But now heading into the third, if there's a phantom slash, I want a gun. No, well, it's, we can't. Too bad. So, no, I want a gun. Let's, let's do we the press can conference review. because you're running out of time. All right. so I'm just saying. At the be beginning gone. of this, Adam asked Steve, hey, can you do this in eight minutes? And the answer was no. 18. That took 18. What's oh, that? Wow. <laughs> also, the whole Steve, Steve, before uh, the internet roasts you, you don't change benches in hockey. Just before they roast. Oh yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah my bad. <laughs> just, just in case. All right. Before the internet roast, the comments there. It's <laughs> yeah. already there. No, you're right. right. I'm an idiot. Can you imagine caring? Well, I mean, that's not what I pulled out of that. <laughs> no, but Adam, <laughs> I can't. I got it wrong, and I want to correct it because no, that's what any late. sane person should it's want. Too late. We can't roll this tape back. We can't go back and fix it. It's there. The presser. The Steve Dangle press conference. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So you now apologize. the precedent is they, yes, they do switch benches and not. Okay. Right. okay. So I All said, right, let's get to the first question. We're going to sit yes, in the wrong conference things quickly. So uh, one thing quickly, uh, Mitch Marner had a cutout cardboard at the Super Bowl last night. That was cool. Very fun. Yep. Uh, I hope everybody saw that. If you haven't seen it, go check out at the Leafs IMO on Twitter. You can see Mitch Marner's uh, cardboard cutout at the Super Bowl. By the way, good follow. Leafs IMO. Uh, first question IMO. comes from Paul underscore Sacconi. Mm-hmm. Mark Hunter is apparently on the shortlist for Penguins GM. Okay. <laughs> there so, is your question. Respond. Here's my, here's my response. There is no shortlist for Penguins GM. It's a goddamn scroll Discovered in the pyramids. It's everyone in hockey is up for this job. Adam, Jesse, <laughs> your uncle, your Pierre grandmother. Maguire. Pierre Maguire. Pierre Maguire, Chris Drury, Kevin Weeks, John Ferguson Jr. Mike Gillis. Ron Hextall. That's not a short list. That's a roster. You, you can, can give them sticks and pads. Throw them out on the ice. Good team. Everyone is available to be the Pittsburgh Penguins GM. So to hear Mark Hunter is involved, I'd be surprised if he wasn't. That'd be weird because everyone else in hockey is up for that job. Well, and finally he'll get the chance to prove what he never got to prove in Toronto. 
which is that he was the guy that should have been the GM if he makes it. By the way, one thing in defense of Mark Hunter, mm-hmm. um, the 20, I think it was the 2016 draft was that really not very good one for the Leafs, mm-hmm. but there were there was debate as to which assistant GM was responsible for picking who. Mm-hmm. And so all the bad picks from 2016, those were Mark Hunter's fault. Yes. And and then Adam Brooks scores his first NHL goal, and everyone's like, that was clearly Dubas. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Wait yeah, a sec. That's, <laughs> that's not, not fair. fair. That's yeah. We don't know that. We don't know that. And if I'm we sure do, based, I would love someone to point me to that. Based on size profile, I would think it is, but even so, let's not. Who cares? I mean – undersized overager that does smell like dubis but we don't know that yeah we don't know the question from marco i would like to understand why the nhl still schedules all their games at the same time (laughs) for example there are six games tonight and four are at 7 p.m eastern shouldn't they space them out 15 minutes apart so they're always on a game so there's always a game on Instead well, of having it on at the same time. So the reason they do that is because there's a lot of cities, including our own, that have a local newscast. Game's got to be over by 10 because the local news runs at 10. I can guarantee you when that sort of stuff kind of goes, switches to on demand, which it is, um, and, and the schedules are less um, uh, uh, rigid because, you know, it's going to be a lot more in the future like, you know, I want to watch this particular thing and I don't want to be forced to watch the news at 10. Maybe I want to watch your honor. Uh, the uh, show so stressful. It is that that uh, that will change. But the other thing is you got to remember what people's li- lives are like. So you can't. Um, everybody kind of goes to work and comes home at the same time. A lot most, of, right? Most you know, it's a general, and when you're thinking about broadcasting, you have to think broadly. It's a broadcast. Oh. Um, and so you, you got to look generally when are people home and done dinner? Seven o'clock. That's the time to start a game. And Turn on Wheel of Fortune. And it, yeah, which is at 5 30 and 6 and 6 30. Um, and you can, and the thing is, you can, you know, you can, you can have like a little pregame show, or whatever, but it lines up perfectly with the local news. And that's kind of why it's always been done that way. And I think you're talking about, you know, switching during commercial break to another game so you can watch another game and not watch commercials. That's precisely what they don't want. I, um, have done my best to not complain about anything scheduling wise this year because I can only imagine how impossible that task is. Even though you're not competing with concerts or anything, you're dealing with so, so much more. And as for the people who want to watch more than one game in a day, I don't think you're in the majority. And I don't think you're close. On weekends, like on a Saturday, would I like to see like a noon game or a three game and a seven game? Of course, I would love that. Um, I just don't think it's part of most people's lives. Um, most people are at hockey practice if you're if it's a normal year, or you're out with your family, or you're going grocery shopping, or, or you're out doing-, doing shit. Like yeah. Saturdays are sacred for a lot of people, especially like I want to know what life is like with a kid, and life is normal again because I got to imagine Saturday afternoon is going to be a shitload of running around, and Sunday too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. I don't know. I have a hard time complaining about that. I understand where you're coming from, but I think you're in the minority. Yeah. All right. Not everybody's got the time to watch six hours of hockey. Dude, that's 
It's a lot of time. Hockey is my favorite thing in the entire world, and I cover it for a living. Six hours is a shitload. Six hours of anything. That's a shit. That is too much of anything. I don't care if your favorite thing is the beach. I don't want to go to the beach for six hours. Get out of here. I do. Yeah, I would love that. I've no, done Steve's that. not I a beach guy. The only thing I can tolerate for six hours or more is sleep. Okay. I'll do that. All right, stop working on your tight five. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. You can handle uh, YouTube clips of old wrestlers. Uh... Wow! <laughs> Based on our YouTube channel watch time. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> That's why I don't log in anymore. <laughs> all right jesse any more questions no i know you have to go i could ask one more if you want all right quickly let's, let's go. go 30 right. minutes uh if you have to make this is from benny young if you had to make a starting five lineup of the best leafs of all time do any current leafs make the cut awesome matthews sorry say that one more time. best starting what starting five best leafs of all time austin matthews he makes the cut yeah Austin Matthews is the best Toronto Maple Leaf there's ever been. Wow. You're going to have Matt Sundin and Austin Matthews on the same line, and they can fight it out for who wants to be center. And then Hap Day. <laughs> Dougie? We're, 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 not talking like, we're not talking about, like, well, he put in the work and whatever. We're talking about the top, the top skill players of all time. Before and on it. the Leafs. At their, at their height. At right? Their so time. you can't be like... Brian Leach. Yeah. Like that's right, right. that guy was there for 45 minutes. And it was a great 45 minutes, man. I love Who's it who's the top five? <sighs> At the top of their game, it's gotta be Matthews, you gotta have Gilmore, you gotta have Sending. Okay. Um, because Gilmore was legitimately like the runner up for the heart that 92, 93 year. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, meet you there. Yeah, you're uh, taking there. the best. You're pl- taking the player at their best season on the best season with yes. the Leafs. Yes, has to be with the Leafs. Matthews for sure has to be. Okay. Um, I think you got to have. I do actually think you have to have Pate. Um, I'm pretty sure he's he's in there from the 30s, right? Um, and then I he think disagrees. God, that was so long ago. <laughs> I don't even know uh, what position he played. I think you might be like George Armstrong. I don't know that he was ever the top scorer. I think Frank Mahovlich would have to probably be in there. Um, Frank Mahovlich the was great. He's in the convo. And then, I mean, I would put Borea Salming in there because I think me too. Borea Salming doesn't get that. Not if Borea Salming didn't play for the shitty seventies and eighties Leafs, he would have been a Norris Trophy winner perennially. Who is their best right-handed D ever? <laughs> Is Borea right-handed? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. If he was, then it's Borea Solomon. A hundred percent. And that would make this conversation so much easier. Uh, Ted Kennedy? Ah, his the best old season? Teeter Kennedy. You know, like there's a candidate. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to quickly throw in there, the National Hockey League has announced, and this is just from a few minutes ago, this is why we didn't do this update earlier. That the two the two additional Sabres games, 11th and the 13th versus Washington, three more New Jersey De- Devils games, and two more Minnesota Wild games have been postponed as a result of the COVID protocols. Decision on the three teams' resumption of practice and game will be made by the league, NHLPA, and clubs, medical groups in coming days. All three organizations have and will continue to follow all recommended guidelines, local state laws, blah, 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 blah. I will say Johnny Bauer to make you happy and Thomas Caberlet to make you mad on the note of the, I, <laughs> on the note of those things on 31 <laughs> thoughts, they were talking about um, basically something that I was saying last show 
uh, there's going to be a lot of teams around the NHL that do not get to 56 games and they're going to have to do points percentage That's okay. um, for a bunch of good bunch of teams around the NHL. Does it benefit the Leafs? Yes. Perfect. Uh, the sooner we get the Ottawa senators off the ice, the sooner the better. Yeah. Well, that was another thing they talked yeah, about. Can we what start if, the elimination? <laughs> yeah. What if there's a, what if there's a game that you have to make up between the sixth and seventh ranked team in that division? You and know, one of the arguments rules. is don't, don't bother play playing it. it. Yeah, yeah. Those are baseball rules. You can yeah. play 160 games. We're, we're in a pandemic here. Yeah. Like, come on. Also there's like 30, isn't there like 26, 26 million Americans that have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the American teams are going to be able to vaccinate soon. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, if those keep sure. if those numbers keep running up, like it'll get oh. to athletes eventually. <laughs> Sooner rather than later, I would think. Yeah, Don't bring up the Canadian tomorrow. vaccination numbers. I yeah, want to end the show on a good note. Pretty bad. Okay, love you. We will see you Thursday. Go Leafs go. We've got Canucks tonight and two mega games against the Montreal Canadiens Wednesday and Saturday. Titanic. There'll be so much fun, and we'll see you on Thursday. Not Cabrera, you scavage, yeah. And just a reminder, if you aren't already a subscriber to The Athletic, go to theathletic.com slash SDP and receive a subscription for just $3.99 per month. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.